Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast here. Let us be among the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, that would include you, Mr. Travis Krins. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Let me be among the first to wish you a happy Fourth of July. Yes, oh, you're definitely among the first there. A uh, happy holidays to you as well, uh, Kelsey. The wife wishes my wife wishes to extend a, um, a, a greeting to you as well. She says hello. Well, I can play her in fantasy. Tell her from me to her. I'm gonna kick the hell out of her. Well, week. that's that's play probably true. She simple. she hasn't made the playoffs ever. Uh, it would be nice of her to, to make one, but your team's rolling right now. Well, it'd be nice if I could win the whole goddamn thing again, which I, I hope to do. And yes, the team uh, with my random goddamn players that I have since what a disaster my roster is. But uh, just random, random folks. Uh, Keenan Allen had the game of his life. Yes, uh, picking up some ran, random guy from Houston that uh, I needed because Mr. Juju got hurt. Uh, yeah, old, 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 old man Frank Gore brought down the uh, Ten Commandments from the mountain. He did find 13, 14 points. <laughs> so it's uh, a red take bunch, and uh, led by Brady and Folk. I lost to I lost to a guy this week who hadn't won a game all year. 0-11? Yeah, he was, no, no, it's mm. not. No, it's like losing to the Cleveland Browns. It's like losing well, to the Browns. Well, it looks like he had, uh, had the game of his life. So, no, I mean, 150 points, that stuff. To Julio Jones. Yep, Julio Jones. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, Julio and, yeah, it was Julio and then the fact that the Panthers scored two uh, non-offensive touchdowns in the span of, like, five minutes. I was like, okay, I am done here. Absolutely done. No chance. No hope. And then... Amari Cooper breaks his ankle and loses his head and just all just sorts of cahoots. So not very good at all. Not very good at all. But uh, well, I'll get to a moment. Correction. Correction. I, I take back what I said about your wife concerning your fantasy. I don't play her at all. I know you You and her play next week. Oh, we do? So oh, God. Yeah. So I take back. I got the Andy. So I'll see if I can take down Andy after he beat the hell out of you this week. And uh, that's in two weeks. The next week, Julie, who's this? Julie. Th- that's my mom. Uh, Julie uh, doesn't have the most impressive of rosters. I mean, we're starting McKinnon and Amir Abdullah, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, hey, but she is 8-3 and three or 8-4 and four now. I know. I don't know how that works. So uh, I should be tied with a division lead. Might lose it on a tiebreaker. I'm not sure. But uh, got to win the last two weeks just to make sure here. Go 10-4. and four. See what happens. You know, by week 14, maybe we'll have a kid and Kelsey will be so tired that she won't remember to set her oh. roster. Could I, be uh, at two weeks. That's, is that pushing it? Two but, weeks? No, we're, that, getting, we're getting there. Yep. That means... That, right at the That would feel slightly bad if I if that were to happen. But I need a win desperately this week. I'm on a two-game losing streak. I need to make the playoffs. I just need to make a little cash for baby stacking here. But no, that's neither here nor there. Uh, baby stack, it's going to be in a... Well, come in here in a couple of weeks, so the podcast will be on a little brief hiatus. Don't, oh, my heavens. Don't know for how long, but uh, we might have to, or we'll just have to shorten some things up a bit. Uh, unfortunately, America is going to hell a little bit, and I'll get to why in a moment. But, um, America's going to hell? America's going to hell, based off uh, what it. what's going on down in uh, in a, a land, that in a state we both enjoy immensely. I thought we were already in hell, but I guess there's more to come. More to come. Well, that's that. Yes, yes, it has. Um, 
let, let's begin, though. Just talk about the Vikings again. Uh, did you watch on Thanksgiving? I watched the entire game. And were you as... Uh, were you getting as annoyed as... Terrible. Were terrible. You, uh, the, the officiating? It was dog shit. It was absolutely awful. I mean, just... You you call, you can't call a pass interference penalty against Stephon Diggs, and then you call an unsportsman like penalty against Case Keenum uh, for for flipping the ball over a guy who's rolling on the ground, uh, laughing my ass off NFL, laughing my ass off at these officials. But the Vikings do get the job done. Case Keenum three total touchdowns, a nice uh, Thanksgiving celebration in the end zone. That was great. Um, Vikings team is 9-2, and, and then they got help from the Rams on Sunday who beat the Saints, so effectively it's a two-game lead over each of those teams. The Eagles have the Seahawks and the Rams coming up here, so, I mean, this NFC, the, these next two weeks, are gonna it's going to be fascinating to see who can make it out because the Vikings have the Falcons and Panthers, the Panthers have the Saints and the Vikings, the Eagles have the Seahawks and the Rams, the Rams have... I don't even know who and the, and the Eagles. So this is a, a fascinating couple of weeks here in the NFC coming up. I don't know who how the uh, the tiebreaker would work for the Vikings and the Eagles. I don't know if it would be based maybe on your record in the NFC. If that's the first one, don't know. But um, who what uh, Chiefs Chiefs beat the Eagles? So that's yes. not great. Right. Uh, Vikings lost to Pittsburgh. Um, which is, you know, you would like your losses to be in the AFC if this is what happens. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, a two seed would round if they're getting the one. A two would be nice. Um, yeah, I would like to play the Saints and the Rams both again. That would be very nice. Um, yeah, because the Rams seem to do well against every other team except Minnesota. So. Yeah. It's... It was getting uh, a little hairy at the end of the game, thankfully. Yeah, uh, the defense I did not think played their the best game that they and Rhodes in particular struggled. Who? Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy for next week. They're going to need him. Oh uh, yeah, defense. Defense is all right. Uh, kicker, kicker made a good kick there at the end. Um, yeah, nine and two. Uh, no, twelve and four maybe. We'll see. Thirteen and three. If let's see, let me let me let me ask you a real here. If uh, if they lose these these next two games, which is entirely possible, mm-hmm. do you do you think they will then change the quarterback? Uh, I hope not. I really hope not. But it, it, I guess it depends on how they lose. Uh, I mean, let me look. Let me flip this to you. Do you? I'll go. I'll give you an over or under. Over or under one and a half quarterbacks at, on the active roster right now that will be with the Vikings next year. Under. Okay. Are you going with one or none? I'll tell you, Bridgewater will be on the team next year. Case Keenum will not be. See, and I, I, I tend to agree uh-huh. with you, but I would really love to see Keenum stick around. What he's doing right now is unbelievable. And, I mean, considering the fact, A, that he's on a $2 million contract... When you know people like Mike Glennon have eighteen million dollars to ride the bench right now for the Bears, but uh, I guess if I'm looking at these next two weeks and the Vikings lose, I don't believe it will be a result of 
Case Keenum's inability to lead the team to victory. I think it will be the defense that maybe has a couple of issues. Good thing is he isn't turning the ball over, so that's, that has helped. Yes. <clears throat> However, he did have his first two sacks against Detroit, and I know he was kind of upset about both of them. Yeah, he's a scrambler. Holds the ball a long time, so it's been fun to watch. He's exceeded anybody's expectations, and uh, very interesting to see where he goes, what he's where where he goes next year. Uh, I don't know what what Bridgewater's looking for money, the one year deal or whatever. And uh, I don't know what uh, what Case Keenum is going to do. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, lots of teams, numerous teams. So yeah, we will see. We'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Uh, and then you had the fight on Sunday between Aqib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree. I was watching uh, the NFL, or I was watching Red Zone as this was happening, and uh, I didn't realize why until they flashed back to last year. And Tlaib, I you know, took Crabtree's gold chain in the regular season finale, and I do recall that now so i mean this was just a, a brawl it looked like crabtree had it in his right. mind the entire time like hey this is what i'm gonna do he wasn't even prepared to play uh which is not good for the raiders but uh given the history here and given that to leave all a snatch his gold chain again in this one i gotta think that both guys are gonna face at least a one game suspension could be well i like it don't wear chains on the field it's unnecessary so i'm all uh I'm on Philippe's side here. Take off all the chains. Be an asshole. Take them all off. What about wedding rings? Or a, a band? Are you yeah, okay you with that? Be, you can't be doing that. All, all the jewelry should be not worn uh, during during contests. Basketball, football, baseball, what have you. Keep them, keep them at home. Keep them in the locker room. Okay, so you 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 find Crabtree at fault for everything here, because I think Talib is a is an instigator to the nth degree. Yes. It's he's been an instigator everywhere he's been. So um, I I feel like you know what Crabtree has every right to go after him, but Crabtree shouldn't have done anything. He should have just let it go and beat Talib on the field. He didn't. And now it's going to cost the Raiders a game. And the Raiders, surprisingly, are only a game back of the Kansas City Chiefs, who have fallen uh, as far from you know the, the tops of the, of the mountains as they've been. Uh, they are struggling mightily. And look out for the Chargers and the Raiders. One of those two teams is going to catch Kansas City right now. A lot of people like the Chargers. They're playing well. Uh, again, they lose it. Chargers lose all the close games. They're unlucky as hell. They're pretty good right now. Chiefs. The opposite good. Remember when everybody, and I'm sure I thought as well, that this division might be the best in all of football. That's not the case anymore. No. No. Not even close. What would we say is the best division? It has to be the NFC South. Yep. NFC South. Here we got uh, three playoff teams in there. Tampa Bay, probably the most disappointing team mm-hmm. in football. But uh, yeah, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. I think uh, it's probably all. At least two of them will probably make it, maybe three. Yes, yes, very, very, uh, very possible as well. Anything else from the NFL that we need to uh, cover? Who's your MVP? Oh boy, I might have to go. I mean, it's between Tom Brady and Carson Wentz at this point, but, um, God. Yeah, I I guess I would lean more towards 
Brady right now, but if Carson can get through these next two games undefeated, I think I would switch to him. Because really, if you've looked at Philly's schedule, it's been absolutely dog shit. I mean, you get to play the yeah. Bears well, and the 49ers. Ooh, I mean, that's scary. And granted, you're, Giants? Yes. And granted, you're playing the schedule that's provided to you. You don't know. I mean, who would have ever thought that the Rams and the Saints were on the Vikings? Or I guess more so the Rams. Who would have ever guessed that the Rams would have been a first? It would have been a battle of first place teams when they and the Vikings played because they were both third in their respective divisions last year. So you you're only as good as the as the schedule that's in front of you. But as of now, I guess Philly. Yes, they're playing really well, but. Got a tough couple of games here, so I give the slight edge to Brady. But because um, look at look at all the injuries. I give the large. I give the large edge to Mr. Brady. And look at all the injuries that um, that that the Patriots have had to deal with. You know when you know, Philadelphia brought in Alshon Jeffrey, they brought in Torrey Smith to help provide Wentz with weapons for which he you know. Could, could succeed with. And I will be fully honest, I was skeptical that Jeffrey would be able to stay healthy and that Smith would be able to stay healthy. And they have so far this year. Uh, can they for the entire year? We shall see. But uh, for the Patriots, look at, I mean, you know, Gronk was out for a, a couple of games, I believe, or nicked up. I mean, they, they lost Chris Hogan for a little bit. Julian Edelman's out for the entire year. He's just using running backs, pretty much. You know, and, and even Rex Burkhead got injured. To uh, the great Rex Burkhead. So, yeah, Tom Brady doing more with less than anyone else. So, I will give the edge to Brady right now. Brady's thrown the ball 50 more times. He's thrown for 700 more yards. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is. That is it, it absolutely is ridiculous. Uh, let me ask, who's the rookie of the year in your eyes? Offensive. Very disappointing. Watson got hurt. But uh, probably got to be the running back for the Saints, I guess. I would agree with you on there. Yep. Uh, Watson would be uh, right up there. I think Dalvin Cook would have been up there as well. But, yeah, what Alvin Kamara is doing with the Saints is is unbelievable. Deshaun Watson leads in total QBR, but he only played, what, five games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who leads leads football in QBR? You don't count Deshaun Watson? Case Keenum? Case Keenum does. That's uh, that's pretty yeah. remarkable. Brady Keenum Wentz. That's, Those are my three. Yeah. Well, Wentz and eh, Wolf, yeah. Um, I mean, Brady should win. Be very bad if he didn't. And uh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum should get MVP votes. He should. Oh, absolutely, he should. Case Keenum. Uh, <laughs> What a world. Something, what a world. something you would have never, ever seen coming. Um, what a world. But yeah, it, it's been quite remarkable thus far. Uh, How terrible is Jeff Fisher? Um, yeah, pretty bad, but. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. Apart from Steve McNair, who is the best quarterback that he had? No. Gary Collins, I don't know. It's uh, not good. I know he's a defensive guy, but goddamn. But how much God of the damn. how much of the um, how much of the onus uh, regarding the whole you know Case Keenum because he had Case Keenum last year in L.A. 
how much of the uh, onus do you put on him, or do you think he had to deal with upper management that said, hey, let's get Goff out here? Well, in case Keenan wasn't, I mean, he was just what he always was last. He was normal Case Keenum, which was not not good. And uh, this year is unexplainable. His completion percentage is up uh, five, six points. He's already thrown for, okay, he's, he played 10 games with the Rams. He's already played 10 games with the Vikings. His, his stats are basically the same as far as attempts, but his completion percentage, uh, five more points. He's thrown for about 200 and 300 more yards. He has five more touchdowns, six fewer interceptions. He had five fumbles last year. He hasn't had a fumble. His QBR is up 40 points. His QB rating is up 20 points. So, like somebody said a couple weeks ago during a game that Case Keenum, oh, he played well with the Rams. He was like 5-4, and 4-5, four, four and five, but they declined to give any specifics on stats or anything. For Christ's sake, he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. I don't think you would say that's good. If, if you would so look if, looking at... If you were yeah. to look at the weapons, though, that he has in Minnesota versus what he had in L.A. at the time, because a lot of people have to remember that Sean McVay has this whole new complement of weapon, weapons and at his disposal in L.A. I mean, he's got Sammy Watkins. he got Robert Woods. He's got Todd Gurley. So apart from Todd Gurley, who had a bad year last year as well. So, I mean, that, that doesn't help matters. But I guess it, the reason why Todd Gurley probably didn't have a good year is because teams didn't think that Keenum or Goff would be able to beat them with beat them with with their arms. So um, I, yeah, I, I guess I look at the weapons though that Keenum had last year, and it's not nearly as good as what Goff is dealing with right now. Having said that, uh, I the the decision for Keenum and Thielen to work out as much as they did in the off season and and put in the reps. Uh, I don't think it can be undersold. Adam Thielen is third in the league right now in. In, uh, in receiving yards, only behind Julio Jones, who just happened to have 253 yards on Sunday, and Antonio Brown, who only happened to have 300 yards the last two games. Otherwise, it's Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, people. It's amazing. Thielen, Keenum. Yeah. There it is. I mean, yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm absolutely stunned by what's going on here. But I love that Thielen's developing in that. Start. And you know what? He seems like a guy who's going to be able to put up these consistent numbers because he only continues to get better and better. You know? Uh, Seattle seems to be a disaster right now. Because of injuries. But, hold on, hold on here. What happened? I'm looking at their schedule here. This doesn't seem right. Who who's, okay, whose schedule right. are you looking at? Seattle. Okay, Seattle's already beaten the Rams. Yep. That was in Los Angeles, so. Yes. I think Seattle's probably going to win that division, unfortunately. And, um, you know, maybe it's uh, Saints and Vikings in that second round. Maybe Seattle. And uh, Seattle and uh, Wentz in the second round. If Green Bay would have won last night, that would have went a long way to them doing it would. something, but that was a costly, a costly uh, loss for them. That was an incredible game. I found myself sweating that one out all the way. Um, couldn't believe that it actually that it actually happened, um, but yet they did it. And look at Seattle's schedule here down the stretch. I mean, who would have ever thought that these games against the Eagles, Jaguars, and Rams would be uh, as difficult of a three-game stretch as they possibly have all season long. Yeah, Eagles. Um, 
Yeah, Seattle defense doesn't look, doesn't look good. Well, that's good, I mean, they're, right they're, they're missing their two best players in the secondary, arguably, and Cam Chancellor and Richard yeah. Sherman. And that would be why uh, Jacksonville got If they had a quarterback, they'd be, they'd be fun to watch. They'd be, they'd be an interesting team. They just had somebody worth the shit there because their defense looks to be probably up there with the Vikings from, from, what, I've, yeah. from what I've heard. The Jaguars so, uh, uh, just essentially gave the Cardinals the game last uh, on Sunday uh, with some poor clock management, kind of like Green Bay, poor clock management against the Steelers. Uh, so all the way around, weird, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. This NFC wildcard race, if people think, thinking that Green Bay is out of it, uh, they are not by any stretch out of it. They still have uh, plenty uh, to to look at here. I, I foresee uh, Green Bay making some noise here. Not winning out, no. They need to. They need to, yes. But even then, you know, if you're looking at this, they have a the tiebreaker with Seattle, but they don't have the tiebreaker with Atlanta. And Atlanta's two games up on them. So, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, what do you got? Five games to go here. Um, and they, they need to win out. And even then. I mean, 10, wild card, teams probably need 10 wins to get the wild card. And, uh, yeah, Green Bay would need to win out there. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And uh, also news here that Akib Talib and Michael Crabtree suspended two games each. Two games, Jesus Christ! Hey. That's a bit steep. Uh, well, two games, holy Christ! I think I think the uh, the the history between the two um, certainly led to this here, and it's 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 damaging to the Raiders, who could be without Amari Cooper for a while now with a concussion, and um, and. Uh, and a, 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 a ankle sprain, so this is not good for the Raiders at all. Uh, it doesn't matter for the Broncos because the Broncos suck. So, um, but for the Raiders, this is pretty they, costly. Mean, they would have been better off beating their wives than having a DUI. Christ, <laughs> you know it, it, it's a it's something that shouldn't joke about, no. but uh, but you're kind of it's your right. It's the goddamn <laughs> truth. If you get picked up drunk driving, you're not going to get suspended for two games. I guarantee you that. Well, it's, it's four because it could be under the the substance abuse well, policy, but only after no. like your second uh, second one. I, I agree with you. I agree with the, the general premise of what you're saying here. Let's let's get to the court, shall we? The NBA, uh, oh. your Grizzlies okay. uh, have fired. What a, what a stupid bastard the Grizzlies are! You know what? Stupid bastard. Yes, yes, I would agree because David Fisdale is. Uh, what? It, he has been fired. The Grizzlies currently on an eight-game losing streak as of the recording of this podcast. But I believe they lost Conley to injury. So it, when you lose arguably your best player, shouldn't you expect to go on a, a bit of a losing streak here? Yeah, I don't know what this is all about here because he's a pretty good coach. So he is. Somebody's going to get a pretty good coach. And he's in like his um, second year, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, what is, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been there very long. Young coach, good coach. What is it with Miami for all those years? Um, yeah, somebody, somebody should get a really good coach here. Uh, maybe Doc Rivers wants to step aside the Clippers after a year. Uh, maybe you know Rick Carlisle with Dallas. They want to do something here. Somebody who needs a really good coach should pick this guy up now. The Bulls, Chicago Bulls. Let's get this going. I will take uh, Fisdale in a second. Let's get that done. Yeah. Um... 
looking at the rest, Boston lost so uh, last week, so they are no longer uh, carrying that 16-game winning streak. But they are 18 and three overall, four and a half clear of the Pistons and Cavaliers. Uh, anything else of note from the NBA? How about the the week of college basketball that we had? A number of great tournaments. Uh, the PK80 tournament in uh, Portland. Uh, I hope that obviously they won't do this all the time because it's for Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. He's turning 80, so they wanted to do a big one. But I, hey, I mean, I thought Texas was going to hand Duke their first loss, and Duke stormed back, won the game in overtime. Then you flip over, you know, what, a couple days later, and Gonzaga's handling Texas, and then Texas rallies to force overtime before ultimately losing. You have uh, North Carolina in there. Just a, a great week of college basketball action. Yeah, a lot of games. Uh, things seem to go well. Had a few games at the top that were really good. Uh, had to go to bed early, so didn't get to see Gonzaga, Florida. That looks like that'll be the best game of the year because that looked pretty good. Uh, overtime, under to whatever the hell it was. So, yeah, a lot of good teams. You know, you've got Florida in the Final Four. They're looking really good. Mm-hmm. Looked like they were going like to be Duke on Sunday. Uh, Duke, they're kind of, uh, kind of up and down. They'll play well. Nobody can beat them, and they play like junk, and they almost lose to Texas. So, Inconsistency with Duke, they probably got the best players, but they haven't always played all that well. Yeah. Um, Carolina couldn't score against Michigan State. I think people are sleeping on Carolina. <laughs> I think they'll be really good again. And uh, Florida's good. Gonzaga is good. I guess St. Mary's was picked to win that conference. That's a goddamn joke. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> um, but they lost to they lost to Washington State. So I looked at it. I think it was Washington State and Colorado. I think they're both undefeated. They had a bunch of garbage non-conference schedules. So if we're talking Colorado and Washington State here uh, at the end of February, and they're you know in the mix, I expect their schedules to be garbage. You know, you know how much I think of of Michigan State this year. As you mentioned, they beat North Carolina. Duke, you know, beat Florida by three. Florida's going to be really good. I don't know how much of the Maui Invitational Championship you got to see between Wichita State oh, and Notre Dame. Boy, that was but that was a you like that game. That, that was a dandy of a game with you know Wichita State having a commanding lead, and then all of a sudden you have Matt Farrell and Bonzi Colson leading that charge, that comeback uh, for Notre Dame, a great steal uh, in the end of the you know, sequence and stuff. I, listen, Notre Dame to me, I think probably proved to me the most out of any team last week in the amount of college basketball that I watched. Um, I, I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame is a is a. a this isn't a surprise because I, I think a lot of people had them as a team to look out for this year. But I think Notre Dame's a sleeper Final Four team. This is a team that I, I'm hesitant to take deep into the tournament. Uh, but in part, you have to just see what, what seeding they get. But I would be, right now, I'd be inclined to take them on an Elite Eight run. I'm, I'm that much of a believer in them. I didn't like it because Wichita State made one shot in the last eight minutes. And by all means, should have won that game by 10 points. 
And you're they right. They were leading the entire way. Yep. Jesus Christ, Wichita yeah. State. That was terrible. It, you're, terrible. You're right, and and you know how high I am on Wichita State this year. I've t- oh. I got to know the goddamn Final Four, so they better do well. Hey, okay, then how come you can't... You said you jumped off the bandwagon here. Uh, well, I don't... I think they're just good. Like, uh, they're just good. Like, there's no... Okay. No bandwagon. I'm there. They're just... They're past, I don't know if they're past the bandwagon. Or, they're just one of the ten best teams. So they're... They've been good for a long time, and they're just... Two teams had awful weeks last week. Um, one oh being Arizona, who now I think I might jump off the Final Four bandwagon after they got swept oh, right. at the Battle for Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, that was that went about as poorly as you could possibly have it go for Arizona. Uh, let's see. Let Let's just bring up this whole entire schedule here. And lost to NC State. They lost to Purdue. Purdue was awful in this tournament. Who was it? Northern Iowa did well. I mean, Arizona, the, the Villanova of the West has been done. Arizona, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Arizona. I, I am, now, I'm, I'm backtrack. I'm, I'm backpedaling more than uh, Xavier Rhodes against Marvin Jones oh. on Thursday. I, I am just saying, no, I'm, the, I'm, I'm remain, I got one pinky toe left on the bandwagon here, but uh, as of now, oh, no. I, I, you lose to SMU, and then you get your, you know, the doors blown off by, uh, Purdue, that's no good. By the way, North Carolina State, uh, there was that whole situation in the offseason with, who was it, Beverly, who went to Ohio State because of Thad Mata, and then he enrolled in a class, and the NCAA, and he petitioned to the NCAA to release him and let him go to NC State without having to sit out a year, and it took three times before the, NC, or before the NCAA finally came to their senses. But who's, um, who's the coach at UNC Wilmington that we liked so much? Over the last couple of years, Wilmington's coach. Yeah, is it Keaton or something? Um, I'll, I'll get the name here, but he's now the head coach at NC State, so I'm kind of liking uh, uh, what NC State is doing here. Uh, they seem like a, a good bunch, but Arizona, what I mean, just what the hell happened to you? Uh, not good. And then the other team, uh, for entirely different reasons, why it was the worst week possible for them. It was Missouri because Michael Porter Jr. played two minutes, scored two points, and now he is done for the entire year. He's undergoing back surgery. One would think that he is going to just go to the pros now right after this. And it is uh, for NC State, it's Kevin Keats. So uh, former head coach at UNC Wilmington, who we both like to to win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament. And that obviously didn't happen last year. But anyway, uh, Missouri, Michael Porter Jr., done for the year. Likely done at Missouri. Uh, just all the fanfare and the excitement that he brought with Missouri, and now uh, that seems like it's done. Right, Quanzo Martin's their coach? Who's their coach? Yes, Quanzo Martin's their head coach. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll be there for three years like he has been everywhere else. But I mean, Missouri looks pretty good without him. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they uh, what they do. Um, SEC, maybe a little better. Florida's really good. Uh, Kentucky, probably not. A&M is good. Yeah, Kentucky's not doing a whole hell of a lot for me. Yeah, A&M. A&M, they were really, uh, besides Notre Dame, A&M was probably the team of the week. Even, um, yep, and even Tennessee uh, won a, you know, a couple games down there in Atlantis. Didn't they play Villanova tough, if I recall correctly? Purdue, I believe. Yep. So, yeah. So, big there. You have the Big Ten. Oh, you, you, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you want to take a guess at Virginia, Wisconsin, what the halftime score is? Please take a guess. Um, 
22 to oh, 20, Virginia. 24 to 20, you're two points off. Ah. 24 to 20. Why am I not watching this right now? What a terrible... You know, that, that gets us into the Big Ten ACC Challenge this year, or this week. I think that's the the, the best games uh, of the slate here this week in college basketball. What games are tripling, or, uh, are uh, you most intrigued by? Tickling my paint. Tickling, uh, <laughs> tickling your fancy. Here's the cringe tickler jeans. Oh, oh, come on now. Let's keep this little PG here. <laughs> yeah, bowl bound or not, here's the tape tickler of the week. Uh, Tuesday, you have a Baylor at Xavier Go X's. Also got uh, Louisville at Purdue. Uh, Wednesday, got Miami at Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota playing a decent team. We'll see how they do. Uh, Belmont at TCU Wednesday night. Let's get hard about that. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Michigan State. That's your game of the week right there. Also a Thursday night, Seton Hall at Texas Tech at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Friday night, my uh, number three game of the week, Creighton at Gonzaga. Let's get excited about that. Yes. Uh, Saturday, my number two game of the week is the Final Four preview. Cincinnati at Xavier. I hope they ended a tie. <laughs> uh, this weekend, you have Wichita State at Baylor. That's Wichita State stuff. This game left. Uh, Kansas at the Q's. Maybe uh, the Q's gets them. They have USC at SMU. Give me uh, give me uh, SMU. And you have USD at Duke. How do you think USD and Matt Mooney is going to do at Duke? I believe they will lose by 25 minimum. Not great. And also this uh, this weekend, Big Ten Conference play starts. So Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, just a couple of games and then it says, hey, how about this? How about IUPUI at Western Illinois? So Summit League uh, Conference. Oh, wait. No, IUPUI is not in the Summit League anymore. Hey, huh. Oakland's playing or, uh, Oakland played Oral Roberts on Monday. Hey, there we go. Um SDSU is at Ole Miss. Let's let's give some credit too to SDSU for taking down Iowa. Iowa appears to be bad, but at the same, but yeah, it, it does not matter because it's still a Power Five conference team that SDSU wow. beat. Um, so I will give them all the credit, and then they beat Buffalo, who is favored to win the MAC. So um, yeah. I, I think those are two very solid wins. This David Jenkins Jr. appears to be the real deal. Uh, again, reminiscent to a couple years ago when Mike Dom came off the bench. I would hope that's how SDSU continues to use David Jenkins Jr. going forward here. Yeah, let's see how good Iowa is here before we start counting this. Um, like, you know, as uh, USD beat Bowling Green in football, I would imagine Bowling Green's probably the third, maybe even the fourth best team USD played this year. Um SDSU's better than Bowling Green, North Dakota State, for God's sakes. It's much better than Bowling Green. You want to throw another team in there, maybe as well. So when people got excited, oh, USD beat a MAC team. Well, Bowling Green is terrible. So, um, Iowa, yeah, we'll see what Iowa does. You know, it'd be good if they were good for SDSU's purposes. But, uh, yeah. It's it's well, still a feather in the cap. Weren't we weren't we talking though about hey you got to beat you know you know beat the teams that yeah, you can like, and you know what if you lose to the, the Ole Miss and the Kansases of the world so be it. This is a even if I was bad this year, it's still a solid win over a Power Five team. 
Um, this was a uh, this was a successful uh, weekend. This was a successful week last week. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. Absolutely, no six, doubt. Six and two. Six and two. I mean, you got you got three you got three tough games here. Uh, I'd hope you beat Missouri State. I think Missouri State's supposed to be good, but you got to beat them. Yep. Two falls this weekend. You got Old Miss and Wichita State. That's not going to be great. Maybe you can do something with Old Miss. But they're looking at what six, seven. Got Colorado eight, nine, coming up as well. Well, uh, what twelve and four, twelve and five. I oh yeah, twelve and twelve and five would be good. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that that can't happen. I really don't. I think it's a good response. I, mean, I thought the response was good after the loss to Kansas, and they had a lead against Wyoming in the second half before it got away from them, and they could have just said, oh boy, you know, it's just going to be one of these years, and they had that lead against Iowa, and then Iowa chipped away at it, but then SDSU, you know, fended them off, got the win, and then carried it against Buffalo. I, I mean, those, it's that's different than how SDSU may have handled it last year. So those are two really solid wins that I think will continue to catapult this team here going forward. 25 wins. 25 wins would be really good. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Going into the tournament. Uh, let's, let's stay with SDSU here. Are we... Oh, 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 oh. Um, let's see. Some breaking news, Stack, and breaking news. Yes. Um, the Summit League and the, and the Big Sky have a four-year agreement for a series for men's basketball. That's going to begin next year. Great. Um, Is this the Big yeah. Sky Summit League Challenge, kind of like Big Ten ACC? Apparently. Apparently, SDSU over the next four years will host Montana, Idaho, Eastern Washington, and Montana State. They will go to Eastern Washington, uh, those same schools, Montana, Idaho, Washington State, or Eastern Eastern Washington. So, whatever that's worth. So, that's good. You know, I would say get some teams on the schedule. That's, that's a good, good thing. Yep. Nope, that's very good. Let's let's stay with SDSU here. Focus on the football team. They take on Northern Iowa this week, 2 p.m. in front of what hopefully will be at least a half-filled uh, Dana J. Dykow Stadium there in Brookings. Uh, Northern Iowa got the better of SDSU on Hobo Day. Uh, as opposed to Hobo Days, it was Hobo Day. But it was raining, it was windy, just not good conditions. It sounds like the weather should be somewhat decent, at least from what I've heard. Uh, 50 degrees. Yeah, I mean, in December. Uh, absolutely. It was 72 today. 72. That's that's insane. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest key for SDSU uh, to beat Northern Iowa is the weather. Uh, SDS, or Northern Iowa disposed of, um, of Monmouth this weekend pretty easily. So uh, what are we handicapping the Jacks' chances of beating Northern Iowa this weekend? Very good. I was at that game. Yeah, weather was not great. Um, quarterback was not good. Uh, some bad, some bad plays early on. It was a turnover, nearly a pick six. They got the one. They ended up scoring anyway. And yeah, that was by far the worst game SC's played all year long. And he thought, all right, second half, they're down. Whatever it was, fourteen, seventeen points. They'll get it going, but they never did. So that was a complete domination. Um, yeah, they should win be a big disappointment uh, if, if they do not win this game. Yeah, and then they would take on Central Arkansas, who uh, they should... Or, or New Hampshire, you're, you're sleeping yeah. on New Hampshire. Yeah, I am. Sleeping up. 
I, I shouldn't. Sure. I shouldn't. But uh, yeah, they take on Central Arkansas, New Hampshire winner. Um, I I just I'll, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I don't know a whole lot about Central Arkansas, but I feel more confident that SDSU can beat Central Arkansas on the road than they can Northern Iowa at home. Just for whatever reason. Um, really? Right or wrong? I yeah. I, I Northern Iowa gives SDSU fits and. Like I say, I don't know much about Central Arkansas, but I guarantee you Central Arkansas doesn't know much about SDSU. And, uh, purple. well, that's true. So back-to-back purple teams here, mm. potentially. So yes. let's go. Let's go SDSU. Let's beat Northern Iowa. Let's get to the weekend in college football, though. Uh, oh, I, yeah. the, the, women, the women's team. The oh. women's team up in Virginia. Yes. They're doing well. Yes, the upset win over North Carolina State. That was... No, not really, but it's a ranked team, so I'll give it to you. Okay, well, let's let's factor this in then. They needed a buzzer beater to beat Charlotte. How good is Charlotte? Not, not very good. So that so... was a disappointment that you needed uh, to beat them at the end of the game. But any, I would say any team ranked 15th or worse, I expect SCSU to beat them on a neutral court or at Frost Arena. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I will be very disappointed if they do not beat Oklahoma next week. Okay, that's they, fair. They meet Louisville. I mean, Louisville is a top five team. There's no shame in losing to Louisville. you got to beat Oklahoma. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think that's... That's very fair. I I do agree with you. I expect them to beat one of those teams. You know, SDSU's kryptonite is Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay is just very good. I mean, they are... They are the best mid mid major and have been for for many many years. Yes, they're, they are. They're very good. They're they're very good. Um, maybe I you know give them a Louisville loss here. Maybe they lose to Creighton on the road. Not gonna happen. But twelve, huh? They're, that's not. They're not gonna lose to Creighton. They're not. Creighton. Uh, Creighton's usually pretty good. We'll, we'll see how good they are. Uh, maybe eleven and two or twelve and two, eleven and three. That'd be a really good non conference. So uh, yeah, both both basketball teams looking pretty good. Uh, Maya Selland already good. Maya Selland is the David Jenkins Jr. of the women's team. Yes, she's great. Yes, she is. She's very very good, and it's a, it's nice to see SDSU basketball just continue to roll and dominate. So continued su- success to them. Let's one get, more thing. Yeah. Alabama played with three players yes. against Minnesota. Yes, I, I. You mentioned Al, or Minnesota before, and I was going to be like, well, I mean, they barely beat Alabama with five on three with a two man advantage. Alabama outscored them thirty to twenty two with the three guys. So did Minnesota just mail it in? I mean, I picked Alabama to make the the NCAA tournament this year because I like what Avery Johnson's doing down there. But uh, they showed me a lot in that game against Minnesota, and I don't know if this is necessarily a uh, anything to look. At Minnesota, at like, hey, you're not very good, but uh, certainly this won't help increase the confidence level in people across America. Just how good the Gophers are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not keen on the Gophers. So if they're going to be a four or a five seed, I'll probably not pick them again this year. So, and that, that could have been the embarrassment of the year, right there. Oh, embarrassment of the last decade. That would have been a disaster. What would have been worse? Alabama losing to, or Minnesota losing to Alabama five on three, or Howard beating UNLV in college football this year. It's all the basketball because Christ, 
three on five. I mean, geez, okay. we've never, we've never, nobody's seen, nobody's ever, I'm sure it's happened, but nobody's ever seen it that, that I can think. I mean, that's, that's like what, playing 11 on seven football and losing? Sure. Sure. Okay. That's just, just, just merely. Like playing with, uh, like playing with two outfielders and three infielders and it'll still be a. Fair. That's fair. I was just wondering, you know, based on you know the you know the level of competition and whatnot. But you're right. You're right. It it would be it would be worse. Uh, but Minnesota did survive. But yeah, that was that was crazy to see there. Let's get to the college football though. I will give you all the credit in the world because you picked Pitt to beat Miami. Uh, and you you said this like three weeks ago. And Nostradamus Travis, you were correct. Pitt handed Miami their first loss, beat them rather soundly, 24-14. Uh, so good win for Pitt. Now Miami, their first loss. And unfortunately, the bad thing in all of this is, is that with Alabama losing to Auburn, now you know if Miami was undefeated, then you could say, well, does, does Miami losing in the ACC championship game, would they get in over a one-loss Alabama team should they lose to Clemson? Then we could have that discussion. But now as we look to it, it's really, I think the only major, the only thing you could say is, does a two-loss Ohio State team, if they beat Wisconsin, do they get in over a one-loss Alabama squad? I think that's really the only argument you can see for Alabama sneaking in or getting into the college football playoff because otherwise you're going to have the ACC champion, you're going to have the SEC champion, whether that be Auburn or Georgia, Assuming Oklahoma can beat TCU, and then if Wisconsin can beat Ohio State, those are your four. Those are your four right there. Um, and I believe if Alabama. Oklahoma loses, if Oklahoma loses, Alabama's getting it. Yes, yes, but that's what I mean. Like, well, they got chances, two chances. Yes, but that's the. I guess that's what I'm saying is that I think the the only major discussion. Well, I guess okay. I guess Oklahoma losing two would. No, there. I mean, they. Would yeah, you? Yeah, but I mean, Ohio State. Ohio State. And, uh, I want to see. I want to see that. I want to see what they what they're gonna do. But Ohio is it, State and Alabama. Is a, I want to see it. Would a one loss Alabama be better than a two? Do they deserve to get in over a two loss Oklahoma? Alabama doesn't appear to be as good as they've been. Correct. The past. Uh, their schedule is very weak, but they didn't have any impressive wins. They beat LSU by two scores. Uh, I thought Mississippi State would get them a couple weeks ago, and they goddamn near did. If Mississippi State beats Alabama, we're not even having this discussion. Alabama's done. Right. So I don't... It's just a matter of what you like. Who do you think is better, Alabama or Ohio State? If those two teams play, I, I, I would pick Alabama to win because Ohio State's just been too inconsistent. Uh, played like garbage against Michigan for the first half and then beat them uh, in the second half. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking head-to-head, I think Alabama's better. If you're looking at, at the uh, schedule, I mean, Ohio State's played a much tougher schedule. And, I mean, that Iowa loss is terrible. Um, and they got trampled by Oklahoma. So the two losses for Ohio State have not been close. But... Uh, Ohio State would have beaten uh, Wisconsin, and nobody's done that. They beat Penn State. It wasn't pretty, and uh, Penn State was the better team that day, but they beat Penn State, and uh, Michigan State's all right, and they absolutely slaughtered them. So uh, Ohio State has worse losses. 
but they have better wins. So it's I think if I think Alabama would get in because they're Alabama and they have one loss to the best team in football right now in Auburn. But I just want to see what they do. Um, I think it's worth the discussion. How much? I mean, that Iowa that Iowa loss is just death. so. So just just so I'm I'm clear here, you would take Oklahoma a two loss Oklahoma team over a one loss Alabama team, but you would not take a two loss Ohio State team over a one loss Alabama team. Am I understanding that correct? I would probably mm. Oklahoma would not have a bad loss then. I would put Alabama in over Ohio State. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's got very good. I mean, they beat Ohio State. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat TCU. Um, it's worth a discussion, but I don't think they're getting in. Um, Alabama's getting in if any of those two teams lose. Okay. I mean, you um, would be hard pressed. I, I would be hard pressed to say that Ohio, that Oklahoma would, it should be left out over Ohio State, even if Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship, um, and because of that that head to head with Oklahoma winning, but then you're going to have all the. I think here here's the deal. It, assume unless you know the chalk goes as planned. You know Oklahoma wins, Wisconsin wins. Uh, let whoever wins Clemson or Miami, I'm going to take Clemson, and then whoever wins Georgia or Auburn, again doesn't matter. The winner of that of that game is going to make it to the college football playoff. So you're going to have at least one team with two losses in here. But let's say that Ohio State wins and they don't get in. You're going to have so many people hooting and hollering for an eight-team playoff, and that's going to get done within the next couple of years. I, Unless things go to chalk. I think you're going to see the college football play. I think you're going to see a clamoring for the college football playoff. For an eighteen. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. For an eighteen college football playoff. Yeah, because Big Ten's kind of a big conference, and if they don't get in, they're going to be pissed. But um, I mean, you can't lose to Iowa like that. You cannot lose no. to Iowa like that. You it's, cannot get absolute. I mean, you got especially when Iowa loses Oklahoma. their next two games. Yeah, you can't. Iowa. Dominated that game. I mean, Ohio. Like Ohio, just I. I don't have a problem with anybody being left out because they've got. You know, if Alabama's left out, it's, my big thing is they didn't beat anybody spectacular. They had their chance. If they beat Auburn and Georgia, they had their chance. They didn't do it. Uh, Oklahoma. Um, I mean, Oklahoma's probably got the best resume of all these teams because they don't have any bad losses. Uh, Iowa State, I mean, they were ahead by, what, two or three scores. That's bad the way they lost that game. That's not good at home. But um, that's still a better then, loss than losing to Iowa on the road. Yeah, I mean, they lost, what, was it, by 30 points, giving up 50 points to Iowa. So, um... What, you know what's yeah, fascinating I mean, is that both, you know, the two FBS teams from Iowa could prevent Oklahoma and Ohio yeah. State from making the college football playoff. Think because about that. Don't come, don't come to Iowa. But I'm interested why, you know, Oklahoma's four. Um, but if TCU wins, they don't have a chance, even though they would have two losses. Uh, USC, I think they're going to beat Stanford again, but USC is not in the discussion. They have two losses. But Oklahoma, they're four. 
and uh, Ohio State, they'd be in the discussion as well. For whatever, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's Oklahoma beat Ohio State, so that's a great win, so that's why they're so high, because Ohio State beat Penn State, and that's why they're ahead of TCU and USC. But, uh, you know, you could have all those teams with two losses, but USC doesn't have a chance, TCU not getting in, uh, but these other two teams might. Can I just make a mention that maybe UCF could could get in? I know it's not going to happen, but no, they're not. Yeah, they're not. Uh, but that's a great game against USF, and if they beat Memphis, I mean, then those are two solid wins to end the year. I a minimum they crack the top eight, right? They're twelve. I mean, I thought they would be higher than they were than they would be at this point if they ran the table. Or they're they're twelfth in the uh, in the AP poll here. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're they're twelfth in the playoff poll. Um, I don't think they're moving up this week. Um, no, yeah, they're not. Is this already updated? Or when when did they do this? No, it would be on Tuesday. Okay, this is just on the. They have these rankings based on the AP poll. So yeah, I mean UCF's going to be twelfth. I'm assuming these playoff rankings and. Yeah, disappointing for them. They they weren't higher, but they're you know if they win, is what between them and Memphis. If Memphis Memphis win, if Memphis wins, they'd be in. So, yeah. So it, it just interesting. It's interesting all the way around. There's a lot of college football head coaching here. I'm gonna uh, go oh, deep yeah. into all of this here with with Charlie coming up here in a, in a little bit. But uh, Chip Kelly going to UCLA. I think that's a that's a very good hire for them. Uh, you have Florida taking Dan Mullen from Mississippi State, which leaves Scott Frost on a silver platter for Nebraska, who fired Mike Riley. Um, so before I get into what really bothers me and why I think uh, we're headed down a dark, deep uh, hole here, uh, any of those moves surprise you or any moves that you thought were good moves? No, they all make sense. They're all good moves. Uh, Dan Mullen did very well at Mississippi State. They've had probably their best run they've ever had. Uh, Chip Kelly seems like a West Coast guy. It's a good for him. Hopefully he can do well. Uh, Mike Riley seemed like a hell of a nice guy. He's just not very good. So, uh, yeah, that that did not work out. Didn't make sense at the time. I kind of feel vindicated in a degree because when they made that move, I'm like, this is a terrible move. It didn't make it. It was a 60-year-old guy. He was at Oregon State that never really did anything at Oregon State recently and I guess, you know, you got Bo Pelini, so you bring in the opposite of Bo Pelini, and they won eight, nine games one year, but uh, this is probably the, I don't know, I like to ask Charlie this, but this is probably the worst, the worst year, at least in our lifetimes, of Nebraska football, and probably the worst time in Nebraska football in 50, 60, 70 years. It's, what, a four-win season, one and seven in the conference, just terrible all around, so, yeah, Scott Frost, he'll be the guy, so they got their guy, and hopefully he can, he can make them Make him good again. And yet all of this pales in comparison to the situation that's taking place in Knoxville right now with the University of Tennessee who, I mean, had, for all intents and purposes, they had an agreement. It was a mutual of understanding with Greg Schiano that he would, he, the, the defensive coordinator at Ohio State, former Rutgers head coach, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach in the NFL, they had an agreement with him that he would be the head coach of Tennessee 
you know, the AD flies up to Columbus to get him, and then they were going to fly back to Knoxville, and then Shiano uh, for, like, introduction and finish the, the contract and everything, and then uh, Shiano would fly back to Columbus to help prepare for Ohio State's game against Wisconsin. Well, social media gets a, a wind of this, and protests spring up all over Knoxville because of what, uh, you know, uh, um, Shiano's ties to the Jerry Sandusky uh, situation at Penn State, whether you know he saw uh, Sandusky doing something inappropriate to a little boy in the 90s and didn't say anything. Uh, Shiano was never charged with anything. Uh, the, the the trustees at Penn State didn't see any reason to bring about any charges. There was nothing that would that would scream or like that would. That anyone should have any uh, inkling to say that, yeah, Shiano knew something and didn't. I mean, Shiano's the only person who knows the truth in all of this. But uh, there's no real hard evidence, I guess, that this indeed happened. Uh, but yet you have Sarah Huckabee, the White House press secretary, get in on this. And you have all of these people at the University of Tennessee, including, you know, students, uh painted a, a message on a rock that said Shiano covered up child rape at Penn State, and now Shiano's not going to the University of Tennessee. This is as bizarre and awful of a, a situation that I can ever remember regarding the, the hiring of a head coach, and I, I feel bad in multiple ways because I, I want to believe that Shiano didn't know it, and I'm, I'm trying to stick up for him because social media and all these people here are just... It, it's absolutely terrible what they have done, but yet if he did know, then I'm then I'm essentially right now defending someone who you know let child rape happen, and then then I'd have to go back and eat my words. But based on what I know at, as, as of this point, it would seem that Shiano is getting in a terribly raw deal here by the University of Tennessee because they couldn't stand up to the peer pressure of some asinine ridiculous people here who are making up some bogus claims at least that's how it appears right now he knew uh, what happened at Penn State um, Mike McQuarrie the, the redheaded guy yep Penn State redheaded coach back in the day um, <clears throat> so this is a testimony um, what is this from this is testimony this is from a year ago July of last year uh, McCreary, he said that uh, Shiano came into his office wide as a ghost and said he saw Sandusky doing something to a boy in a shower. Yes. And that's it. That's all he ever told me. So, uh, according to that, he Shiano knew something. So he told this assistant coach, but uh, I don't know how much he uh, told anybody else. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, not 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 good. Um, I'm fine with what happened. Um, for, for a football reason, I mean, that's just a, a, a terrible, terrible hire. Then you put this stuff on it here as well. Uh, he denies it. He said he never saw any abuse, so it's his word against this other guy's word. Right. And um, this guy, what, this guy testified in the criminal trial for Sandusky. So you have Shiano just saying, no, this didn't happen. And you have the under guy. The other guy, I assume, under oath during a criminal trial saying, yes, this did. So I would lean toward the guy who is under oath in this case saying that it did. 
It was oh. it was McQuery though who said it third that he learned of this third hand because it was Tom Bradley who was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. It, it was an assistant there uh, along yeah. with uh, McQuery who said this. Yeah. So it's it's not like Shiano went to McQuery in the first place. And like you said, I I don't I'm not I don't want to defend Shiano yeah, if he's yeah. trying to cover up anything. But just the way this is all going down. Is it's not good if if there's no substantial evidence of it because he wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. charged with anything. He wasn't yeah, indicted. Not with anything. I'm fine with them doing this because this. I mean, what what is Tennessee doing? Well, they look I mean, like a laughing stock right now. They're terrible. I mean, this is an embarrassment. Tennessee. I mean, what's more this of an embarrassment, this or the the tenure of Butch Jones in the last two years? This this is this is bad. Uh, to hire this guy in the first place, um, like this guy shouldn't be a head coach again. Like, what I mean, what are they doing? Right. I mean, Tennessee. Like what? Who would want to go there? I. Who the hell would want to go to Tennessee? That's a that's a great point. And then you have so, you know, some bogus you know rumors out there about Jason Witten wanting to go there, and he's like, no, I'm I'm not looking. To be the head coach what? at Tennessee. Yes, Jason Witten, Cowboy. Who in the hell is saying this? What in the hell is just, this? Did Trump say this today? I, I don't know. But I guess. Jason, I, what? Yeah, Jason Witten. Former. It, it's just, it's a bad situation all the way around. And you and I both took, you know, media law in, in school. So we talk, I know, Northern Iowa, you and I. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Every time. Uh, every, every time. time I'm t- I, I don't mean I'm not talking about Kurt Warner and David Johnson, right. but Travis Crims, you and myself, we took media well, law in college. I took it online. I took it online because I heard it was tough as hell. So I took it from like a graduate assistant online. You're like, yes, oh, this seems huh. ridiculous. So I kind of cheated as I tried uh, to do whenever I could. <laughs> but okay, but did so you, you. You actually had to You actually had to go to class. Yes. Yeah, but you. But you you learned about, you know, slander and libel, right? Sure, sure. Does this not seem like a case where Shiano could go after as many people as he would want to? If he wants to, then go right ahead. But he, we both know he, he, he will not do that. But should he? I guess that's because if, if no, because I think he knew. Because I don't think he would. And I don't. If he truly doesn't have the, if he thinks there's a, there's wrongdoing here, he should. But I. I think um, he knew what was going on and didn't speak up. So I don't think he wants this brought up again. It, he's never going to be able to get a different job other than the Ohio State defensive coordinator position, though. I think Are we in agreement with this here? Because there's no way he'll be able to ever get another head coaching position. So he's going to have to either stick to Urban Meyer's staff. Maybe Bill Belichick will bring him in uh, because I know Shiano and Belichick are, are fairly close. But, um, you know... This, I, I don't, I, I just don't get this whole situation. This is just a terrible situation all the way around. And again, it's bad because you let people, from, like on social media and uh, like other, you know, students or faculty or, you know, fans essentially decide it. You know, whether or not Shiano was a good decision to, to be the hire uh, for the Tennessee head coach, that's kind of a separate discussion of this right now, but to bring all this crap in, it's just, it's bad. It's just bad situation all the way around. Let's forget all the extra stuff. 
and say, <laughs> I mean, why would they hire him? Uh, yeah, again, do, you, do you think he would have done well? Right. I, 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 I don't think so. I know, no, I, I, no, I, I don't know why his name was even brought up. I really don't. Uh, that would not. You could have said, "Hey, you know, pick 10, 20 names," and Chiana would not have been even close to a name that would have come up on the list for Tennessee head coach. But just so, I guess when I saw this story initially, I was taken aback that Tennessee was even thinking of hiring Chiano. But it, you read more about this, and I, I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he sucks at his job. Not good. I could see him getting a job somewhere else. Um, maybe he goes to to a, to a Central Florida. Maybe he goes to a... When the dominoes all fall here, you know, we'll see who goes to Mississippi State. Uh, rumor about Kevin Sumlin in Arizona State. See what happens here. But once all the things fall, I could see... I'd see him going somewhere. Not a Power 5 school, but somewhere else. Um, Tennessee, again... Jesus Christ. Um, if they want to get somebody, I would say it should be T. Martin. Um, John Gruden? Back with them. No, for Christ's sake. No. Um, I mean, T. Martin won the national title. The year after Peyton Manning left, he's the offensive coordinator at USC. Uh, I think that would be the... I think uh, I mean people would like that. I don't know if he wants to go there, but uh, I, I'd say that would be the best decision they can make yeah I I don't know who's the best fit for him and I like I said I don't like defending Shiano especially if he did indeed know it because then I'd have to eat my eat my words and go back I just feel like this whole situation that he is getting a very raw deal in all of this it's it's completely different if you the fact that you agree that or not that Shiano should be offered the head coach, but it's just how this is all falling apart in Tennessee succumbing to it. And if you know, like the, like I said, the hell you got the pre- the White House press secretary chiming in here. Well, like you better have your facts straight, Sarah Huckabee. I mean, if if you are wrong with these facts, you're it's essentially wow. Well, that, look who I'm talking wow. about here. But I mean. You know what I mean, though. It's not just her, but it's it's everyone who is is talking about. It's just it, it's it's ridiculous to me that all these people go. It it would seem to be that they they found something that they could pull their hat on and say we don't want Shiano, and and here's just an as a nine reason why. It's a decent reason. Well, and uh, but okay, it's it's, it's 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 just a matter it's of whether you believe or not. He knew. Right. Whether or not he, if he, if he knew, then it's like, all right, then with, this guy shouldn't be coaching anywhere, doing anything. Right. But again, yeah. never formally charged or indicted or anything. There's no, I guess there's no real reason unless there's more evidence that comes up. And sure. you're, so you're kind of going with this flimsy argument here. And I think it's more just the fact that everyone's digging this up and talking about it because they just didn't want Shiano to begin with. Could be. That could be. Yeah. Terrible decision all the way around. The AD who's been there like a year. He's on the hot seat. So Tennessee, it's uh, terrible. That's all you can say. Terrible. This is why we like Vanderbilt University more. In part because Vanderbilt's in Nashville. Yeah. Like anybody's better than Tennessee. I mean, 
stupid, stupid decisions. Butch Jones, Jesus Christ. Stupid. It is indeed. Anything else here before we say so long? The Pistons beat Boston, so that was a, that was a thing. Um, Wisconsin scored 26 points in 30 minutes, which isn't good. It's not good. Um, Virginia now has the world on fire. They either might struggle to get to 60, but they're going to beat the hell out of Wisconsin. So Wisconsin looking bad. Wisconsin looking bad early on. And maybe the Big Ten is looking a little worse than we thought it might be to begin the year. I mean, Purdue, Purdue didn't have a good weekend. Uh, Wisconsin not having a good weekend. Um, you know, Minnesota, if they're good, this might, I mean, uh, Big Ten was down last year. And now he kind of shuffled the teams around a little bit. It looks like Big Ten not great this year. So maybe Minnesota can sneak in there. Maybe they can be the second or third best team. And uh, maybe SEC a little better. You got Missouri looking good. You got A and M looking really good. You got Florida looking good. Kentucky's always there. So you get through the first uh, month of the season, you kind of see uh, who are the surprising teams. Um, I mean, NEC should be good. You got Wichita State and Cincinnati. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Connecticut. Connecticut not 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 so great. But man, uh, hey, college basketball, folks. Here we go. Very good. It's very good indeed, and uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Uh, Travis, thank you so much uh, for the time, as always, my friend, and uh, you know we'll, we'll chat next week again, hopefully assuming that uh, Baby Stackin isn't here yet. Baby Stackin, very excited. Yes. It's very b- big news here coming up. Big news. Very good. The names. we got to do the name thing at some yes, point. Yes, we do. Yep, well, we'll try and get that done here this week. Okay. Have, right. you, have you decided yet? We have not, no. We we have no. We oh, we just we haven't decided yet. I I can. What if it what if it like comes tonight? Then what? We're just gonna make a decision when 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 the baby comes. Be like we gotta look at it and say yeah, this looks like a Alexander or a you know a a, a Jade. I I don't know. That you have a middle name picked out. Yes. You do have a middle name picked out. Yes, we have we have two middle names picked out. All right, very good. So I'm a third. We're th- we're sixty six percent of the way there because, of course, we know what the last name will be. Uh, yes. Can you uh, can it, you do me a favor and name him? You know, Bill Stack and I I I. So you just call the kid I I I. We'll see about that. We'll, All right. We'll, we'll see about even that. If it's not, even if even if he's the first in the line of Bill Stackins, I don't give a shit. Name him Bill Stack and I I I. Uh, we'll see what I I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll run this by Kelsey. All right, and then uh, remember, we'll get a sponsor for this. Get ready for the Crins Tate Tickler game of the week. Jesus, week. stop, stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> All, right. Okay. All right, we'll see. We'll talk to you later, Crins. All right, we'll see. Uh, Travis Crins joined us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Uh, it, nothing if not entertaining. So um, again, just. Bad situation at the University of Tennessee. Um, you know, it, it's it's there. Documents say it, but Shiano denies it. It It's what you want to believe, I guess. Only Shiano knows, but based on what we have here, I he's never been formally indicted or charged. It's just a, it's a nasty situation all the way around, and Tennessee could not be handling it any worse. Uh, the fans there, the, stu- the alumni, the students... 
the, the fans could not be handling it any worse. So just a, a, an embarrassing situation all the way around there in Knoxville. Let's We'll talk about that more for sure with Charlie Hildebrand when he joins us here, uh, along with other thoughts on college football, more talk on the coaches, and we'll see what else we can talk about as well and then uh, wrap up the podcast with uh, some picks for the upcoming week's NFL games here. It's all coming up here. Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a very good holiday. I did. It was fun. Went to Kansas to see relatives, but also one of my sisters started watching Game of Thrones. Booyah. Watching Game of Thrones with her, too. That's great. That's great. How far along is she? She... Early into season four now, she watched a whole bunch of them. She didn't care about football, so she just watched Game of Thrones a lot. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, I, I mean, I'm sure you're there every step of the way with her to, you know, help answer any questions and and stuff that you uh, that she might have. Right? Or were you like right alongside her, like reminiscing, like, oh yeah, I remember this? Or did you pick up any other subtleties that maybe you haven't in uh, watching pre- episodes previously? As you can imagine, I wasn't there for all the episodes, but the ones I was, there were a lot of times where it was my sister, Laura, saying, okay, Charlie, pause it, and then she would ask some question about who's that, or where's that location, or wait, who's this person, or wait, what are they doing? Had to kind of, but yeah, like you mentioned, there's definitely times you notice things, but it's like, oh, did not pick up on that before. Turns out there were little clues that this big thing was going to happen all along. We just missed it the first time. Well, I feel like in college football, there's a lot of, hey, where's this guy going? Wait, what? That guy got fired? And so we have a whole bunch of, in fact, I think. Coaching carousel? Yeah, carousel yeah. The game of Thrones. Yeah. That's you, what college football basically is when it comes to coaching changes. Yeah, I mean, you may as well uh, say it like it is. Um, and I guess that's where we'll be spending most of our time. But let's just get to some of the stuff on the field from this last weekend. And I. You know what? I think I, uh, Travis had talked about it here, at least with me, uh, uh, the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, Miami might lose to Pitt here. In fact, I think he picked Pitt to beat Miami. And I was like, okay, I mean, I know Miami isn't necessarily going to be all rah-rah, shish-boom-ba. You know, we're going to... We're going to beat Pitt like we're going to beat Notre Dame and, and Virginia Tech. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's an inferior team to Miami. And yet, sure enough, Pittsburgh laid the wood on them, beat them 24-14. And now Miami on the outside looking in at the college football playoff. They must beat Clemson in order to get to the playoff. And I don't feel very confident in, in stating that they will do that. Do you feel that way? A couple things. When you said Crins, I thought you were going to referencing a different game that I'm sure we'll get to momentarily. And then, I don't know if they're on the outside looking in. Honestly, I don't think this loss changes anything for Miami. They would have lost to Clemson when they were undefeated. I don't think they would have got in. I think they're still at win. If, if they win, they're in. The only thing now, though, is as you look past those, you know, the few games where they played really, really well, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, certainly if they play like they did against Pittsburgh, Clemson will just run them off the field. I know that game's in North Carolina. Clemson fans famous for traveling really well. Miami fans famous for not doing that. So I'm sure it will be a very pro-Clemson crowd in the ACC title game. Yeah, I mean, sometimes and, uh, Miami can't even fill up the Orange Bowl or, the, you know, uh, Hard Rock Stadium. 
He did when Notre Dame was playing there. But that's I think true. That's the only time it's happened this year. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, and you're right. I, I mean, Miami still has a shot, but I guess what I was getting at is, I mean, they would still be number two. I would, I would guess maybe three at the worst if they had just beaten Pittsburgh. And then you could get into that discussion about, okay, if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game, would you take, would you put them in over, say, in Alabama, who lost to Auburn in the Iron Bowl this weekend? Uh, a pretty entertaining game. Auburn played extremely well. You have a little Tim Tebow, you know, jump pass, so to speak, from the running back to, to uh, what was it Johnson to to give Auburn an early lead, and uh, it just really seemed like Auburn, for whatever reason, Alabama has trouble when Auburn's really good. When Auburn has what like nine wins, I think uh, Alabama's zero and six against them or something like that. Uh, make it 0-7 now, and now the... Dis- I heard that, that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it might... Be, I might have it mixed around a little bit, but when Auburn's good, uh, Alabama struggles with them. And sure enough, that's the that was the case here. And now you have all this discussion about, well, does is Alabama going to get into the college football playoff? Uh, I mean, I would say that if Oklahoma wins, if Wisconsin wins... And then if Auburn wins, you know you're pro- you're probably not gonna gonna have Alabama in the college football playoff. But it, it's certainly an interesting scenario that the college football playoff committee finds themselves in, don't you think? Yep, a couple things here, or three things. One, this is what I thought you were talking about first with Crenz, because whenever Crenz jumps on the Auburn bandwagon, man, does Auburn end up being great? Oh yes, he jumped on the Auburn bandwagon a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, two. Other than maybe Ohio State in the first playoff semifinal that year in 2014, when Alabama or when Ohio State beat Alabama, other than maybe that year, when was the last time you can think of stacking that a team beat Alabama where they just straight up looked better? Not one guy played fantastic and, and Alabama made mistakes, or there were weird special teams blunders or missed field goals or things like that. But it was just like, nope, that other team just looked better than Alabama. It's Are been. Not very often that that's happened over the last seven or eight years. Apart from the national championship games, maybe, that I can't think of one offhand. I would even say, I think Alabama, for the most part, looked better than Clemson the last two years. It was just that Clemson and Watson, particularly, mm-hmm. played fantastic. Yep. And, but, but I just mean, like, as a whole, across the board, yep. where it was just like, oh, Auburn looks like they have better football players, mm-hmm. which is so weird. Right, and I, I, I think I was just going to say I think a lot of it kind of stems to Jalen Hurts because I I feel like we're still trying to figure out what sort of quarterback he is or just how good he is at Alabama uh, and Alabama for this year you know has had a lot of close encounters like with Mississippi State a couple weeks back and you just kind of wondered if they were ripe for a, a loss here somewhere along the line uh, so I don't think they've been at, as dominating as they have in previous years. Does that does that sound right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Alabama might still be the best team in the country, but this is not as good of a team as the last three or four years. Now that just shows how good Alabama's been, that they have their worst team in a few years, and they still are absolutely fantastic. Like, in terms of the playoffs, as of right now, I think Alabama's on the outside looking in. But they only need one upset, really. I don't think the ACC game 
ACC title game or the SEC title game will change anything in Alabama's favor. But if TCU beats Oklahoma or if Ohio State beats Wisconsin or um, another one, I think it's just those two. Mm-hmm. If, if the, not the underdog by the Vegas point spread, but by the underdog, the team with more losses, wins the Big 12 or the Big 10 title game, then I think Bama's going to get in. If it's basically chalk in those two games, then I think Alabama's out. And, I mean, if you're Alabama, I mean, you don't like that you don't control your own destiny. But I think it's probably good. How should I put this? If if your chances to get in on the playoffs, I mean, fair or not fair, if your chances to get in right on Ohio State and Urban Meyer beating Wisconsin, I would still like Alabama's champion. Just because, I mean, I, I don't know, it's just so often we think, you know, oh, chalk, it'll just go this way, and it mm-hmm. just never seems like it does. And, you know, part of this is I would prefer to not see Alabama in it. Maybe get a couple new teams, have a different feel, but I just, I don't know. They, I think they will get the benefit of the doubt other than, you know, the, the four or five teams that control their own destiny, that basically if some of those lose, I think they will be the top, or they will be the biggest beneficiary of that. Part of the problem with Miami losing, too, in in my mind, is that it eliminates a lot of the potential hypotheticals that we would, would run into in terms of leaving Alabama out or not. Because really the one that I, I think has the most cause or you know is the most likely to happen is that Ohio State would beat Wisconsin, and would you put a two-loss Ohio State team in over a one-loss Alabama? I think that's really the only because I mean, let's face it: if my if Clemson loses to Miami, I have a hard time seeing Clemson maintaining position in the college football playoff, and you keeping Clemson a, a two-loss Clemson team over a one-loss Alabama team in. But really, it would just be Ohio State over. Um, uh, over Alabama, I think that's the only real question I think that's going to come about if Alabama should get in or not. Do you agree with that? I think I agree with that, and it would be a, a very interesting philosophical discussion because it basically boils down to, do you want Alabama, a team with fewer good wins, and their loss, although by double digits, was still on the road to a really good team, one you can clearly justify. So do you want the team with the better record, but the worst wins and the better loss. Or do you want Ohio State, the team with with better wins and more good wins, but losses are? I mean, we could make we could debate whether the Auburn uh, or Alabama losing to Auburn or Ohio State losing to Oklahoma was worse. But clearly, Ohio State getting smoked by Iowa is really bad, and it's probably the worst loss other than maybe Clemson losing to Syracuse yeah. of anyone in the field. So, so it, it's basically, what do you want? Do you want more quality or more quantity, I right. guess? I mean, and I don't know the right answer. I don't know what the committee would decide. Well, especially I with... Think, uh, you can point to Ohio State in 2015 and mm-hmm. ECU in 2014, kind of like Alabama this year, that they were really good, beat a lot of okay teams, but lost to the best team they played and didn't have any really good wins, and they both got left out. Right. But whether it's fair or not, 
the fact that it's Alabama and they've been so good and done so well in the playoffs, whether it should enter the committee's mind or not, I don't think you can say that it won't at least a little bit. Right. I mean, considering, too, that Iowa then lost, you know, back-to-back games after the Ohio State win, that doesn't look good. I mean, then... won to Purdue. Yeah, exactly. And then, again, the Miami loss kind of, I think, unfortunately, takes a lot of mystery out of... and a lot of potential discussion and potential hypotheticals. Because then if Miami were to lose to Clemson, would you take a one-loss Miami team in over in Alabama? Or an undefeated Wisconsin? It just... So now, a lot of the mystique... Or a lot of the uh, the mystery surrounding who's going to get in is going to be lost this weekend, unless we see you know many upsets in the college football playoff. We'll get to those games here momentarily. I thought the best game of the the weekend, though, and maybe the I think the best game of the year I I've seen was South Florida and Central Florida, just back and forth. These two teams go almost 1,200 yards of offense. The last five or six minutes alone in this game were just phenomenal, with Central Florida scoring and South Florida responding in a kickoff return for a touchdown. Just amazing stuff here in this game. For my money, best game of the year that I've seen. Off the top of my head, I would probably agree with that. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. There's some others that are pretty good. I mean, I think it's worth noting that just because the game is the higher scoring doesn't definitively say it's better. Right. But the only low-scoring game or low-ish scoring game I can think of that was really good was Penn State and Iowa, and I thought that had a fantastic, like, second half. Yes. But the first quarter, the first half of that was actually pretty boring, and... Like, so, I mean, like Ohio State and Penn State was good, but, you know, when it's a huge comeback, it's not great all the time. So I would probably agree with you that South Florida and Central Florida was the best game of the year. Other than that, there's not a whole lot that uh, really, you know, that's much to talk about. Wisconsin shuts out Minnesota. Minnesota hasn't scored a, a point in the last two games. Uh, Georgia blows out that Georgia. Fifty-four against Nebraska. I, know. I didn't, did not score a point the rest of the year. I did not want to bring that up, but uh, but you but you did. So let let the record show. Uh, Georgia. Oh, that's fine. I'm okay with it because yeah. they're having they have a completely different coaching staff at Nebraska next year. They will. They will, and we'll get to First that. First time in Nebraska history they've allowed fifty points. Three games in a row. And we'll get to that momentarily. Georgia blows off the doors off Georgia Tech. Clemson destroys South Carolina for the second consecutive year. Uh, let's see. Virginia Tech beat Virginia in a game that probably should have sent college football back at least 100 years. Uh, unfortunately, Nick Fitzgerald gets injured, uh, suffers a gruesome knee injury against Ole Miss on Thanksgiving night, so that's not great for him. Yeah, uh, I feel really bad for Nick Fitzgerald. He gets hurt. And then his coach leaves. And then his coach leaves like three days later. Right. <laughs> Maybe he'll transfer to Florida. Maybe. Uh, Ohio State beats Michigan in a game that kind of featured a littler fanfare than I guess we're accustomed to seeing from Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Stanford beats Notre Dame. So really, I guess, bottom line, there wasn't a whole lot out there. And unfortunately, Florida State beat Florida. So Florida State's going to become bowl eligible when they beat uh, Louisiana Monroe next week, which just pisses me off. But that aside, anything else from the week that really surprised you at all? I don't know about surprised me, but I guess maybe it surprised me by how lopsided it was. But also worth noting that in the Apple Cup, 
Washington smoked Washington State, yes. which means that Stanford is playing in the Pac-12 title game and not Washington. So yeah. we're getting Stanford and USC a rematch from two months ago that USC won handily. Different this time around. And then you have you know, guys who win, like Todd Graham, Arizona State head coach. He beats Arizona, kind of, you know, handles Khalil Tate pretty, you know, contains him at least. And then Arizona State says, uh, nope, we're firing you. So uh, let's just get to that. 7-5 after the win. I thought 7-5 and five would be enough for him to keep his job. It wasn't, but now he gets, he's got, he had the highest buyout of anybody that's been fired so far. He had an even higher buyout than Kevin Sumlin. That uh, his was like twelve million. So and and who do we money think to fork it, over? No pun intended for Arizona State. They think they're going to be better. We'll we'll see what they do. Yeah, I I a team that's won one conference title in the last twenty one years and has never won a national title. I don't know if I would have a whole lot of faith. That Arizona State, I, like I think they could be better than Todd Graham. I don't think they could be dramatically better though. Well, and who are they going to get? I mean, in all in all honesty, who are you're not going to lure a big name head coach at all? Um, I did see that Matt Campbell signed an extension to Iowa State because I have I have a feeling that Iowa State was like, no, we got to lock this guy up a little bit longer, based a on our success, but b. Other teams, you know, like Arizona State, might come calling, and who knows? Maybe the allure of going to the Pac-12 would be a little higher than than the Big 12. But yeah, Arizona State's out of head coach. Let's just stay in the Pac-12. There's some people that have rumors that are saying that Kevin Sumlin might go to Arizona State. You know what? If that happens, I think that would work out fairly well for both parties. Yes. Of course, that's you know speculation and hearsay, and who knows? But. If, if that worked out, I would feel pretty good if I was an Arizona State fan. Right. Can you imagine someone, you know, with the quarterbacks that he's been able to recruit throughout the years, him going against Chip Kelly year after year? Because Chip Kelly, uh, he said, nope, or ESPN pulled him from uh, the halftime telecast of the games on Saturday. And then Kelly uh, made the announcement or confirmed to ESPN while College Game Day was still on air that. He was taking a UCLA job, so let's just start right there. Chip Kelly to UCLA, what do you make of it? I think it's huge news for UCLA. I think, you know, Chip Kelly looked like he wanted to get back into coaching somewhere. The NFL seems to be done with him, which I don't know if I think is a great idea. I mean, I think people a lot of times forget that Chip Kelly, while not a good general manager at Philadelphia, still went 10-6 and six both years with the Eagles. So right. clearly, I think he can coach. But I, selfishly, I like college football better, so I'm glad Chip Kelly's back in college football. Um, UCLA, usually a basketball school. With Chip Kelly now, I think uh, USC, UCLA is going to be much more interesting. You know, Rich Rod, even though they've kind of stumbled at the end of the year, is pretty good. And, uh, you know, like, I just keep thinking, like five years ago, six years ago, the SEC clearly had the best coaches in all the country. And it seems like the SEC, you know, they had some guys retire. Some guys maybe got ran out of town when they shouldn't, and they keep kind of slowly dropping down pegs while the Big Ten, the ACC, and the S- or the Pac-12 have really seemed to upgrade coaches over the last five or six years. And this is maybe, like, the best example of that because I would right. imagine, you know, if Chip Kelly, I mean, there's other things that go on besides just how close are you to recruit. 
you know, there's facilities and stuff like that. And I don't know if UCLA has great facilities, but but with the kind of guys he can get in Los Angeles, I think there's 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 a chance UCLA could be better than they've been at least consistently in our lifetimes. Yeah. Well, I know I think they played in the Rose Bowl in the late '90s, but they always kind of struggled to have sustained success. I think UCLA will probably have the same success. I, I I don't think it will be as good. Now, like he was only the head coach at Oregon in four years. For four years, mm-hmm. I don't think UCLA will be quite as good as his four year run at Oregon, where he was the offensive coordinator first for two years. That everything set up. I think it will be different than that, but I I, I think he will do quite well. But the, the the best coaching hire in the off season, like if you're only going to give out one A plus. UCLA gets the A+. Well, and let me ask this, because I'm not saying it's going to happen. And to pull an old stack and adage, it would not surprise me. But what are the odds, do you think, that UCLA, with Chip Kelly, with the style that he likes to run, what do you think they could do in terms of overtaking USC in terms of getting these these high recruits that Kelly was able to get at Oregon for so many years? I think... In terms of, like, brand names, it's really tough for UCLA to out, like, recruit in just USC. And just, we've seen it before where USC's been down and then has one 10-win year and everything kind of flips it. It's sort of like with Texas and Texas A&M also. Mm -hmm. There were a few years where A&M was better, but once Texas kind of looks good, everyone shifts to that. So I don't know if you if UCLA will be able to recruit better than USC, but the most important thing is you don't have to recruit better than them as long as you can recruit close to the same and keep out all the other schools that try to get into Los Angeles, like the other Pac-12 schools and Big 12 schools and some others, and you can just be the second best recruiting program in the state. I think based off what we've seen Chip Kelly do, you could be better than USC on the field. Let's go if to the big. Yep, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, we'll save the SEC for last because I want to especially get into the the Tennessee situation because it's as bizarre as you could possibly get there. Um, but Nebraska is going to go after Scott Frost. You have to imagine because Scott Frost. Oh, is Florida going to go after him? Well, no. Florida lands Dan Mullen from Mississippi State. So here's Scott and you know UCLA not going after Frost, obviously. Because they have Kelly. So here's Scott Frost on a golden or a silver platter for Nebraska. How big of an upset would it be if Nebraska does not get him? I think three or four weeks ago, I was always cautiously optimistic Nebraska would get Scott Frost. Over the last 36 to 48 hours, it's gone to. I feel pretty good about it. I would be pretty surprised if, it went, if he went somewhere else. I'm not trying to knock Central Florida, I think of the mid-major slash group of five jobs. I think either Central Florida or Houston's probably the best one. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen in the past, I don't know if you can really make the playoff there, not unless you have, in addition to a magical year, you have a schedule like Houston did last year where you're playing two or three non-conference games against teams in the top 15, which just almost never happened. So I think... Like, as good as they are, like, he could maybe technically have Central Florida be better on the field, but I just, I don't know if you're ever going to get the shot to be in the playoff. 
unless they upgrade conferences, which is possible, but it's worth noting that the Big 12 had the opportunity a year ago to take any team they wanted, and they passed on everyone. So uh, I feel pretty good about Scott Frost. I'm still slightly cautious because you don't want to jinx things, but uh, things look good, and to keep with a uh, little Game of Thrones theme, it looks like uh, winter is coming. <laughs> Very good. At least the, the first frost warning of the year. Uh, That's right. Coming, coming to Lincoln here. Uh, let's go to the SEC then, because this has the most, most uh, shakeup out of any of the major uh, conferences. Real quick, just worth noting, the yep. Big 12, as of now, unless the coach leaves for another job, no coaching changes in the Big 12. Only one coaching change in the Big 10, and it's Nebraska. Well, there is a whole crap load of coaching changes in the SEC. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's... And I think a lot of these schools aren't going to get someone better necessarily than their previous hire. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, so Tennessee and Florida fired their head coaches previously. Uh, Arkansas fires Brett Bielema Friday. Right after they lose 48-45 to Missouri. I mean, he, Bielema gets in his office and is... He's told he's fired while he's walking off the field. Right. I mean, he had to know that something was going to happen, but... At the same time, he's such a likable guy. So now Arkansas is going to turn their attention to Arkansas native Gus Malzahn, who is currently coaching Auburn in the SEC championship game against Georgia. What are the odds, do you think, that Malzahn will leave Auburn for Arkansas? I think they're pretty low. I think they're less than 10%. I think Auburn is in a better situation. It's a better job. And he would be leaving for a job in the same division, which has happened before, especially in the SEC, but that brings its own problem. And we've seen this before. Where, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm 100% sure he won't leave. Right. But we've seen this before where coaches have had a chance to leave for a school, either in their home state or that's their alma mater, but they don't when they have a chance to make the, the BCS title game or the playoffs like they have now. Most notably, West Miles not leaving LSU to go to Michigan where if they didn't make the national title game that year, I can't prove it. But I think he probably would have left to go to Michigan. Since they're in the SEC title game, I think, I just, I, I don't know why you would want to leave now where you've got a chance. Like, I don't mean chance to win a national title like if everything breaks right. I mean, Auburn's a one game away against a team they already beat handily. And if they beat them again, they are in the playoffs. And, like, I think that's as good... I, I, I just I don't think he will he will leave that and he's gonna have a lot of really good dudes back next year too and I think Arkansas is just like at best there's seven teams in each division in the SEC mm-hmm. I think Arkansas is at best the fifth best job in the SEC West while I think Auburn is the second or third best job in the SEC you know, you brought up Les Miles' name, and I kind of forgot about him until now. What odds do you think? Because I, I guess if I if I had to label it, I would probably put Les Miles more inclined to take the Texas A and M job than I would Arkansas. But are we thinking that Les Miles is going to be back in the SEC next year? I don't know. It's Les Miles has made it known that he wants to coach, and a lot of schools have passed on him. So I think that's noteworthy. Yep. I mean, I guess he's in his sixties, his early sixties, so that's probably part of it. I don't think there's any chance Texas A&M going to try to get Les Miles. I think they will go for just someone 
that does different brand of football. I don't know if Arkansas would want him. Gut reaction, I feel like he would take the Arkansas job if offered. I think that would be a, maybe not an, a sexy or an ideal hire if you're an Arkansas fan. But every school thinks they're better than they are, and I would I would think Les Miles would at least be a decent hire. You know who's not going to go to Arkansas? Bobby Petrino. I feel confident it won't be Bobby Petrino. Just like I feel confident. Maybe Bobby Petrino goes to Texas A&M. That could happen, too. And and so going to Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, what? I mean, he had a winning season in all all four or five years that he was there. Was it ever worse than 8-5? Yeah. This year, I guess they're 7-5 right now. Was it? But, yeah, it was never worse than 7-5. Was it just the, you know, the number of different quarterbacks he would go through and never, you know, just being able to settle with one and making, you know, just staying the course of being consistent. I mean, they would, A&M would fade down the stretch in seasons. What, why is A&M getting rid of the guy? Uh, because it doesn't seem like you would be able to find someone better than someone for the job. I think Texas A&M, and I realize this might sound bold and rich to a lot of people coming from a guy who's a Nebraska fan, but I think Texas A&M has the most out of whack, unrealistic expectation of maybe any Power Five school. Where since in the last twenty years, Texas A and M's won one conference title, and they have not won a national title since nineteen thirty nine. They have not won a national title since the start of World War Two. But every year, they think they should be as good or better than Texas. And I think the outside, like having high expectations. In a large fan base is good in a lot of ways, but it can also be detrimental. And I think that's part of it is that when it's just like, no, this guy's good, but he's not good enough for us and we should be better. I think that's part of it. And then the other thing is I think Texas A&M a lot of these years has been pretty good. They're just not as good as Alabama or as good as LSU or usually as good as Auburn. And when you're the fourth best team in your division and you're usually losing all three of those games, you know, you're all, you're already at only nine wins in a year and it only takes one other weird loss to drop you down to eight regular season wins. And I think, like, I, I think everyone in the SEC outside of Alabama just has the issue of they rarely, if ever, beat Nick Saban and that he's just sort of made life miserable mm-hmm. for everybody else in the conference and as long as he's there, more often than not, it's going to stay that way. Yep. And now you wonder where Mississippi State's going to go because Florida hires Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen to the same position. Now, Mullen was the, what, offensive coordinator there at Florida before taking the head coaching job at Mississippi State. And what he's done at Starksville is remarkable. Uh, where does Mississippi State go from here? I don't know. That's a really good question. Like, when it comes to schools I know stuff about, I probably... In the SEC, I know, I mean, I probably know more about Mississippi State than I do Vanderbilt, but not a great deal more. And Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Mississippi State's going to be able to get a guy from another Power 5 school, at least not like a head coach. They might either have to get a group of five coach or a coordinator from somewhere. But sort of like Dan Mullen, if Mississippi State is going to be successful, I think they need to pick someone who does something different than other teams. You know, don't try to out Alabama, Nick Saban, and LSU. 
do something different like Kevin Sumlin or like Dan Mullen had been doing at Mississippi State to stress teams differently. Well, a, a name that I think will not be going back is Sylvester Croom. Just throwing it out. I think that's probably right. He would not. I don't know if he would take the job. It'd be a weird fit. I think about Mike Leach at both Arkansas and Mississippi State. You though. know what? I was going to ask about that because Mike Leach, I, I think he's going to stay. He, I mean, it's not a done deal that he's done at Washington State. And I don't know how likely it is, but his name, I think, is certainly going to be mentioned for some of these jobs. Do you think there's a pretty good chance he leaves uh, Washington State? It's tough because you never want to get into Mike Leach's mind because you might get lost in that maze and suffocate and die. Yes, his musings are quite entertaining. But it's worth noting that his athletic director, Bill Moose, left to go to Nebraska, so the guy you hired him is not there. I don't know how good his relationship would be. I don't even know who, I don't remember who Washington State hired to replace their athletic director, but if Leach doesn't get along with him or doesn't like him as much as someone else, I mean, I could see him leaving to go somewhere. If, so, if Nebraska, I think it just it depends on that relationship. If Nebraska got Mike Leach instead of Scott Frost, how upset would you be? At this point, I'd be pretty upset just because I am hook, line, and sinker on wanting Frost. Okay. And also, the offense that Leach runs, I don't have anything against it. I don't know if it would work great in the Big Ten, especially in November when it gets really cold. Now, if they were going to force someone or say we have to hire someone that runs that kind of offense, I would pick Mike Leach before most other coaches. So, like, you, I think you could definitely have a worse hire. Yeah. But I, I would, I would, I would want Frost first, and the next two I wanted were either Dan Mullen or Matt Gamble. He but d- neither of those two are going to happen now, so I hope it's Frost. He does make it work in the rain. Just you know, if he can make it work in the rain, he can make it work in the cold. But yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it couldn't work, but I think how should I? I think it would be really hard to beat Wisconsin in November in Madison. Yes, running what Michael Leach runs. Nope, I I agree. It's hard to beat him there, anyways. I think it would be really hard though, because they would basically just say we're going to shove the ball down your throat and control the ball for 42 minutes, and you're never going to touch it. And it's just tough to win that way, you know when it's. 25 degrees outside. Do you like Florida's decision, though, to hire Dan Mullen back as, as head coach? I think it's a really good decision. I mean, I get why Florida may have wanted Chip Kelly and Scott Frost first. Important to note, though, that Dan Mullen got more experience at Florida than almost anyone else alive. Not as a head coach, but he was there four years as a coordinator, as an offensive coordinator, won two national titles, and coached Tebow to Eisenman Trophy. So he gets Gainesville. He's already in the conference, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, he's moving to the easier division right now too in the East. Yep. And so he's used to recruiting. You know, I, I don't know how much Mississippi State recruits in Florida. I'm assuming quite a bit. It's gonna be a lot easier for him to recruit in Florida now. I think. I think Dan Mullen. Maybe I should put it this way. I think you could make a case that Scott Frost or Chip Kelly would have higher ceilings than Dan Mullen. Maybe that's fair, maybe that's not. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Mullen has the highest floor of those three, though. Like, I think yep. Dan Mullen will clearly be the best head coach at Florida since at least Urban Meyer, and they will consistently win eight, nine, or ten games or more 
and more importantly, they will do it by being good on offense and scoring points, which is what Florida fans want the most. So I think they will, and, and that just goes a long way by winning the way fans want you to win. So I think he will get more more time than they would give a lot of other guys. Finally, the situation in Tennessee is about as bizarre as I think I can never remember, uh, at least as long as I've been following you know, college football as avidly as I have, or at least paying attention to it, or even the NFL. Any any head coaching. Football, I don't know if I've seen this in any of the major collegiate or professional sports. Yeah, I was just... Where gonna... Basically, the guy was almost completely hired and got like pre-fired before he was hired in the first place. Yep. And it, for those that don't know, and we're talking about Greg Schiano, who's right now what the defensive line coach at Ohio State. Defensive coordinator. Defensive at Ohio coordinator. State. He might be okay. the defensive line coach also. Okay. I don't know, but he is the defensive coordinator. So he's got pretty much a a set, a set deal done. He's going to be the Tennessee head coach. Uh, I believe that the the Tennessee athletic director was flying up to Columbus to meet with Schiano and then bring him back down. He was going to do a introductory press conference or, you know, sign the deal, get everything, and then Shiano was going to fly back up to help Ohio State prepare for the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State. Well, uh, people in Knoxville got a wind of this, uh, social media got wind of this, and all of a sudden you see, you know, stuff getting written all over campus at the University of Tennessee, uh, press secretary at the White House, Sarah Huckabee. Um, I'm not going to get into my thoughts on her, but she says uh, she's getting involved in on this as well, and it's all stemming to the fact that Shiano, uh, you know, does did he know or didn't he see anything regarding uh, Jerry Sandusky during his time at Penn State? He was never formally charged. Uh, the, I mean, Penn State has clearly not only was he not formally charged, and I'm going to preface this with only. Only Greg Schiano would know if he's seen it or not. Right. But it's like the equivalent of the, like, in all the investigation, investigating that they did with the Penn State scandal, and there was a lot of it, there was one line from Mike McQuarrie, who third-hand knowledge had heard that maybe Schiano knew about it. So it was not that it was Mike McQuarrie claims that he had heard from someone else who had heard that Shiano knew about it. So it's not just like hearsay. It's double hearsay and it wouldn't hold up in the court of law. Now, if you were to take that as, we're not taking any chances, I mean, I suppose you can do that, but I think you also at the same time, like you have to kind of be careful with what you're saying definitively when no one knows. Yep. Yeah. Although at the same time also, I think you can make a strong case that apparently the Tennessee athletic director, John Curry, been there for less than a year and was at Kansas State before that, only started vetting him, like going back to his head time at Rutgers, or to be fair, he probably should have gone back further than that too. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that, that guy you speak of, Penn State, uh, former Penn State coach Tom Bradley had told McQuarrie that Chiana talked of, of seeing Sandusky abusing boy in the early 1990s. But as a you know, Shand- uh, Shiano was never implicated by any other party. Over the course of the Sandusky investigation, the Penn State you know trustee said no. Th- I mean, there's nothing there. He he never was you know charged in court or anything like that. Yet here's social media creating a firestorm, and I I I guess I don't know for sure. As you mentioned, only Shiano knows if he's telling the truth or not about what he saw or didn't see. But 
this is kind of a dark uh, chapter here. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's going a little far. But this is just not very good in America to have you know essentially a guy get fired even right before he's hired for possibly doing absolutely nothing. It's like a witch hunt essentially, and the and the folks with the pitchforks on social media they're just blurting out shit. That's you know if it's a if it's a lie, then they ought to be completely ashamed of themselves. But they won't admit it. Uh, so I I feel bad for Shiano, but there's just something about this to me that just seems kind of icky all the way around, and I'm not sure. How much I I should believe? I mean, if I am I believing a lie? It just it's a bad situation all the way around. But I think the folks who are claiming all this garbage about Shiano, if it is not true, should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. I mean, let's be honest here. What I really think happened is that most people weren't excited that it was Greg Shiano. I don't know how many Tennessee fans truly thought it was going to be John Gruden. My guess is that most of them think it would be him, but who knows. But I think what happened was they just didn't want Greg Schiano, and they found something that they could pounce on, much like politics. And yep. they just say, oh, well, we'll just say this is why, we'll use this as the excuse for why we don't want him, whether it's true or not, as opposed to actually having concerns about things like that. Because let's not forget, within the last year, year and a half, when Butch Jones was still the head coach, there was uh, some, like, some, t- I, don't, it, I don't remember the exact details of the story, but it was something like there was some player who, who, like, told the cops of another Tennessee player that was, like, assaulting a girl or something like that, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, well, that's not good to throw your teammate under the bus, and it's like, well, I think maybe, you know, it's more important to make sure your guys aren't breaking Laws. Yeah. Anyway, that's just to say, not as, not nearly as many Tennessee fans were as up in arms with that as they were about that. So while right. we can never prove this, I'm 100 percent, well, 99.9 percent that the majority of the Tennessee fans who freaked out just didn't want Greg Schiano because he's kind of a boring, bland coach who wasn't a splash hire and they don't think would be successful. Which maybe would maybe wouldn't be I don't know I get that he's not a sexy hire, now, did but you, that they just were like we don't we don't want this guy we're jumping on this and this is going to be the reason we get rid of him. Right. And the crazy thing is that it worked too. Yeah. Where I I saw somewhere I think it was Stuart Mandel who used to work for SI and Fox Sports and I forget the name of the place he works for now, but someone asked him like Has this ever happened before? Has anything like this happened? And he basically was like. The only thing, like, like, there's nothing in this ballpark. But before this, like, the most upset fans had been was when Auburn hired Gene Chizik when he had a losing record at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And, like, three Auburn fans showed up at the airport. And one had a sign, and it was like, we don't want you. And that was, like, <laughs> by far the worst. And this is, like, a hundred times... A hundred times worse. Than that. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know what Tennessee does now, like... Who's going to want to go to coach there now? Like, they got what they wanted, but they may have, like, irreparably harmed their school going forward now, too. Doesn't Tennessee have some, like, pretty astute and smart fans? 
Like, and don't they pride themselves on, you know, being, hey, we're Tennessee Volunteers, and, you know, like, I mean, we're, we're prideful of this team and the community and everything. Like, don't they have a lot of fans? I mean, if I'm Kenny Chesney, I'm re- I'm rebuting my loyalty to Tennessee amidst all the fans that are doing this bullshit right now. And l- let me ask you this. Did you take... The right side of Kenny Chesney is he's also a fan of 11 other SEC and ACC so, for dropping Tennessee is not that big of a deal for him. Right, but I think, like, at the end of the day, I think, like, the beginning, it he no, is, I know. I he is a, is, right. Um, now, did you take uh, media law, or the media I law did. and you in college? I did, with Mary Arnold as my professor. Yep, so I, I believe she was my professor as well. Didn't we talk about slandering? And like and sullying people's names and stuff because this to yep. me has libel. yep very tough to prove and win but this to me though has slander and libel written all over it but the the problem is it's difficult to prove again I I don't know but if I'm Shiano and I know that these allegations are untrue to the nth degree I'm going after as many people as I can because. A, if it's going to prevent me from getting a job at the University of Tennessee, it's going to prevent me from getting a job anywhere else other than, you know, staying where I'm at with Urban Meyer at Ohio State. I mean, Bill Belichick has vouched for him. Urban Meyer's vouched for him. But if I'm Shiano, I attack everyone that I possibly can and get as much money as I can to make a point. Well, if he wanted to, I don't know if he'll have to do that. He might get a whole bunch of money from Tennessee anyways because he hadn't like signed the full contract, but they've had some sort of partial agreement. A memorandum of understanding of is it what it appears to be called. That. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if it'll pan out that way. I feel like he could probably still go other places to at least be an assistant coach. I don't know about head coach. I, I don't know. Like we said, we're, we're in uncharted territory with this. I have never... I can't say it's never happened before, but I've certainly never heard of it where... Like, the, the reaction was so strongly negative. They were just like, oh, I guess we have to change our minds now. I, I'm just embarrassed. I really am. And I have no affiliation with the University of Tennessee and whatnot. And again, that's just me just going by based off the fact of, like, if I believe Shiano or not. Now, if I if Shiano did have knowledge of this, then, I, then that completely changes my stance on this. But I, you basically have a lot of flimsy... Uh, allegations right now out there that have no sticking point and no truth really to them because no one has anything to prove it apart from as you said third party from uh mcquerie so it it's just it's terrible all the way around and uh it's a it's a dark eye not only for collegiate sports college football but just society in general it's just embarrassing it really is um, yep, and the downside is I think we might see more stuff like that now. Yep. I would hope not, but it's possible now that it will be interesting for college basketball, and I don't know if there's going to be a lot of big college football changes going forward. I think a lot of them have already happened, but I think we can almost guarantee within the next 365 to 75 days, another fan base is going to try to do this exact same thing. And say it works for Tennessee. Let's see if it works for us. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is opened. This is opening up Pandora's box a little bit here, and that's and that's not a good thing at all. Let's make some picks 
though for this next week's, uh, you know, this is championship Saturday here. I, I guess it begins Friday night. The MAC championship isn't being played on Friday night, and I am so used to having, you know, seeing the MAC championship Friday night from Detroit uh, or from you know, Ford There's Field. There's only one game that's not on Saturday, and it's the Pac-12 one. Yeah. I- I'm used to having two or three conference title games before Saturday. I'm, I'm baffled. All of them except the Pac-12 were on Saturday. I'm baffled by it. I, I I love schedule. I love structure. So uh, college football is throwing a wrench into everything. But let's let's pick the Pac-12 championship game here. Stanford at USC, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on ESPN. Should be noted that the North has won every single Pac-12 championship game. Does USC end that streak? I think they do. Fair or not fair, I know USC won by 20-some points earlier this year. I'm going to take USC to win again. I, too, will take USC. Then Saturday, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC, number 20 Memphis against number 15 UCF in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Uh, I know there's going to be some distractions with Scott Frost, but give me the, the Golden or give me the Knights, the UCF Golden Knights, to take down Memphis. And you may not remember this, but we played a game called Win Will They. Yes, we when did. When will they lose? Yep. I picked Central Florida would lose to Memphis in the conference title game. So I'm sticking with that. Nostradamus. Nostradamus Charlie over here making some picks. So we'll see if that holds true. How about the MAC Championship? Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Akron against Toledo. Uh, who do you like in that one? I'm taking Toledo. Toledo's pretty good. I know Akron's only 7 and 5. Yep. Although they did beat Ohio, who's decent. But I, I, I like, I'm almost, fair or not, in almost any sport, I think I'm going to take Toledo over Akron. Holy Toledo, I agree with you there. Toledo for the win. Uh, Conference USA Championship game, North Texas against Florida Atlantic. Both teams 9-3. and three. This is at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. Who do you like there? Taking Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin. As a, as well, I, I guess that's a name too. Is Lane Kiffin? Do we think he's going to bolt Florida Atlantic for any of these positions? I don't know, Lane Kiffin. I think a lot of people are just weary of his personality. Yep. But I, someone's going to give him a shot. Maybe not this year, but if not this year, I think next year. Assuming they're still good. Well, Tennessee. I think Lane Kiffin. Wait, you know what? Wayne Kiffin should be the next coach at Tennessee. <laughs> I was just going to say. I was like, <laughs> we're talking about who probably won't be. I mean. Tennessee, unlikely to name him after everything that happened uh, during his one year there, but you never know. I mean, this this whole situation is absolutely crazy. Maybe he finds himself at Arkansas. We'll finish our picks, but when we're done with picks, I'm going to give you clues, and I'm going to say who should be the next Tennessee head coach. Okay, all right. I look forward to that. Big 12 championship game, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Fox. We have four championship games going on at the same time. This is ridiculous. It needs to stop. Uh, But uh, TCU against Oklahoma, I believe it's at Jerry World. I like Oklahoma to take down TCU. Do you agree? I agree. Oklahoma is the best offensive line in the country, and they've got the best quarterback in the country. And I like that combination against almost anyone they play. SEC Championship game is at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Georgia against Auburn. Does Auburn win the second game, or does Georgia get revenge? Karrion Johnson might be hurt. I hope he's healthy, but fair or not fair, this this run seems so similar to the 2013 run. I mean, granted, they've not had back-to-back miraculous endings to games like they did that year, Mm -hmm. but this 
this, this really seems familiar, and I think it's going to end. I think that year they beat Missouri in a super high-scoring shootout, like yes. 55-40. Oh, boy, that was when Missouri was good at football. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be quite that high-scoring, but I think Auburn's going to win, like, I think it'll be closer. Let's say, let's say Auburn wins, like, 30 to 21 in a decent but not great game. Call me a sucker, but I hear Georgia is wanted Auburn because they want revenge. They know they're better than the 40 to 17 drumming that they received. I think I might take I might take Georgia in this one. I might. I understand your thoughts. When you were previewing the game, I toyed with taking Georgia, but changed my mind to Auburn at the last. Three final championship games. The the Mountain West Conference. Fresno State against Boise State. 7.45 p.m. Eastern, 6.45 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Both teams are 9-3. and three. Uh, Fresno State beat... Both teams just played on Saturday, yeah. too. Isn't this the second straight year that we've had the Mountain West Championship game, a rematch of the, the regular season finale between two teams? I know last year it was a rematch. I don't remember if it was the final game or not, but that sounds like that might be right. Well, last year, I think it was Boise State and Wyoming. I'll, I'll take Boise State. I don't State. know. Fresno State won the first one this time. I'm, I, I feel like Boise State's going to win this time. I'm on... I'm almost always going to take Boise State in a conference title game against anybody. I'm with you. I'll take Boise State. ACC Championship game, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Miami against Clemson. I'm riding with the Tigers and Mr. Kelly and Dabo Sweeney. Give me Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, which is basically going to have a home crowd on the road. I, I like Clemson too. And then the, I don't think they'll blow them out, but I think Clemson wins by like ten to fourteen. Finally, the Big Ten Championship game: Ohio State against Wisconsin, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central Time on Fox. The one thing that that I'm, I'm curious about in this game is the health of J.T. Barrett. I understand that he got. Uh, hurt, uh, like running into a cameraman or something like that, or a cameraman injured him, something like that that happened against Michigan. So his health is, a, I think, a, a, a big question mark in this one. But uh, Wisconsin's on a mission. I will reluctantly take Wisconsin. Jackson, what happened the last time JT Barrett got injured against Michigan and wasn't necessarily going to be 100% or play in the conference title game? Was that Cardale Wisconsin? Jones? Yep, and they went on to win the national title. Just kidding, not going to happen. Hate to say it, I'm also taking Wisconsin. All right, there we go. There we go. Before I before we move on uh, to your to you giving me some clues about the Tennessee coaching stuff, uh, a couple of people want us to pick a couple of games here for bull bound or not. Uh, Al Bakerki in New Mexico. says can you just do one more week find some games for us here so uh al we will definitely do that here um so uh, as a you know al wants it so let's provide a couple of games louisiana at appalachian state louisiana is five and six this is at 1 30 p.m central time it's at appalachian state is louisiana bull bound or not no, All right, and then South Alabama, and I think this is why Al wanted me to talk about it, but South Alabama at New Mexico State, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, New Mexico State is 5-6. and six. Does New Mexico State get to bowl eligibility? Nope, USA's going to win. USA, baby. USA, USA. And uh, I'm not going to mention Florida State because they beat Louisiana Monroe, so they'll be bowl-bound, but 
There you have it. Uh, last bull bound or not of the year. Uh, it's quite sad, but it will come back next year. That I can assure you. Uh, you have some clues uh, that you would like to provide me to think about who the next Tennessee head coach could be. All right, I'm going to preface this with this is it could happen, but I'm being smart alecky and sarcastic. Very good. I think that maybe maybe T. Martin from US, the USC offensive coordinator won a national title at Tennessee as their quarterback might be the best choice. But in terms of who, I mean, Tennessee, the Volunteers, what's something Tennessee's famous for, Stack, and the stadium's famous for? Ooh. Um, there's that river right the, there, and there's the, all the people come in on their ships. What do people, they call the ship? The Vol Navy. Oh. The pirate, Mike Leach. Oh. I see when you said Navy, I thought we maybe we were going with the Navy head coach, uh, Ken something. No, I think he might be good there, but I would imagine like a lot of teams, fair oh. or not, people tend to freak out when you say you're going to run the triple option. Yeah, which no. they shouldn't because it's actually really good. Mike Leach. Mike Leach's musings in Knoxville. Oh boy, that's got some. That's got prime potential written all over it. You're right, I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's incredibly intriguing. Yeah. Okay, but. well, let's put it, I hope Mike Leach, he, I, I'm okay if he stays at Washington State, but it would be interesting to see him go elsewhere too and see what he can do there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Charlie, we'll see how it all goes and uh, maybe we'll have to, hopefully we'll get you on next week with some reaction to the championship games and uh, see what happens for the college football playoff. It's going to be interesting. Thank you so much, my friend. Sounds good. Everyone stay prepared for Frostwatch 2017. Yes. The winter is coming. That's right. Very good. Thank you, Charlie. Yep, thanks, Dakin. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal, kind enough to join us here. Uh, Appreciate his time. As always, you hear all of the, the big coaching news, and it's right up with championship Saturday here, going to be very interesting to see who can win on Saturday, where all these coaches are going to go. The drama in college football is just beginning. Wrap up the podcast now. We'll look at uh, back at week 12 in the NFL, preview week 13's games here in the NFL, as we always do. Wrap up the this edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. All right, and we end this edition of the Sports Block Podcast, as we always do during football season, with a look at look back at the previous week in the NFL, make some early predictions and picks for next week's NFL games. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, the best game of the day was the first one. The Minnesota Vikings got off to a big start, had a 27-10 lead over the, the Detroit Lions, ultimately hung on 30-23, this despite Marvin Jones having a big day. The wide receiver for the Lions, he kind of had the better end of Xavier Rhodes, but Case Keenum, again, the story in this one, huge day, you know, Two touchdowns passing, one rushing, a Thanksgiving feast celebration. It was great. The Vikings roll over the or beat the Lions. Who rolled over the Cowboys? Well, that would be the Los Angeles Chargers, twenty-eight to six. And it could have been a lot more if they had a kicker, a healthy kicker, because Nick Novak got hurt. Uh, Philip Rivers, monster day, four hundred yards, three touchdowns through the air. He was brilliant, and the Chargers beat the struggling Cowboys. Who, uh, hey. Got Tyron Smith back. It still didn't help Dak Prescott. So all those out there who thought maybe it was just Tyron Smith. I mean, look, he's losing Ezekiel Elliott's huge. But 
this is clearly showing that Dak Prescott cannot do it on its own. On his own. Washington beats the Giants in a snooze fest on Thanksgiving night, so hopefully the tryptophan kicked in 20 to 10 winners over the New York Giants. On Sunday, then, Atlanta Falcons beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34 to 20. A huge day for Julio Jones, 12 catches, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Caught a pass from Mohamed Sanu. That was a brilliantly thrown ball. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, he, he knows how to do it. He's a he's very good at uh, throwing touchdowns, so... Uh, Falcons, they are on a roll. They've won now, what, three in a row? So, big for them. The Cincinnati Bengals keep the Cleveland Browns winless. 30-16 to winners over the Browns. Andy Dalton, a couple touchdowns in this one. Joe Mixon, a good day rushing the football. Also caught a few passes as well. The rookie running back for the Bengals. Titans uh, almost decided to give the game away to the Indianapolis Colts, but ultimately prevail. Uh, DeMarco Murray, Delaney Walker uh, helped lead the way. Titans beat the Colts 20-16. to uh, One of the stunning results of the day, one of the few stunning results of the day, the Buffalo Bills. Hey, t- maybe you should always start Tyrod Taylor regardless of the outcome. They beat the struggling Kansas City Chiefs 16-10. to The Chiefs offense is going nowhere in a hurry, and it was evident in this one. The Bills roll. This was a huge win for them, and uh, the Chiefs now have lost, what, 5 of 6? Not good down there in Kansas City. New England Patriots, uh, well, Jarvis Landry said that the Miami Dolphins would sweep the Patriots this year. That uh, proves to not be the case. The Patriots absolutely steamroll the Dolphins 35-17. to Tom Brady, Rex Burkhead, Rob Gronkowski, the main culprits in this one for the Patriots. Uh, the Dolphins' defense is terrible. They started Matt Moore in this one. Uh, just not good overall. The Dolphins have now lost five in a row. Carolina Panthers used two defensive scores in the fourth quarter to help keep the Jets at bay, 35-27. to uh, Luke Keekley recovered a fumble, ran it back for a touchdown, and then he also got a punt return for a touchdown. Cam Newton struggled in this one. Uh, Robbie Anderson, big day uh, catching the ball for the Jets, but the Jets ultimately lose 35-27. Uh, I mean... If Trubisky's 2.0, Wentz 2.0, I, I I don't see it. Uh, Doug Peterson heaping on a lot of fake praise on Trubisky there. The Philadelphia Eagles just lay a whooping on the Bears, 31-3. to Carson Wentz was big in the first half. Really didn't need to do much in the second half as the Eagles rolled. 49ers beat, oh, excuse me, the 49ers didn't beat the Seahawks. Another slow start on offense, but they beat the 49ers 24-13. The a major note in this one is that C.J. Beathard, the, the 49ers quarterback, got hurt on the team's final drive. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, finishes it, throws a touchdown. He will start this week. So uh, that's big news there for the 49ers, They uh, though they lose 24-13 to Seattle. The Rams, a uh, great defensive effort containing Drew Brees and Mark Ingram. They, they couldn't stop Alvin Kamara, uh, the rookie running back sensation for Tennessee, or for, for New Orleans. He's from the University of Tennessee. Uh, but the, the Rams, Jared Goff does enough. Greg DeLay, Greg Zerline, big, uh, big day through the air, or, you know, kicking field goals, I should say. 26-20 winners. The Rams are over the Saints. Each team is now 8-3. The Arizona Cardinals, Blaine Gabbert gets revenge over his former team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, with a 27-24 win. 
Uh, the Jaguars offense struggled mightily in this one, but Blake Bortles was the leading rusher for the Jaguars, had a couple of rushing touchdowns. Jaguars, though, would lose on a 57-yard field goal by Phil Dawson, the ageless wonder. Uh, kicks the game-winning field goal. Cardinals win 27-24. And then the big fight in Oakland, the keep to leave versus Michael Crabtree. Both were ejected. Both are suspended. Uh, the suspensions have been reduced from two games to one game, so we get that news in there. Uh, but the Raiders prevail 21-14. They sit now just a game back of the Kansas City Chiefs. They do have to contend with the Oakland Raiders as well. Or, not the Oakland Raiders. They are the Oakland Raiders. They have to contend with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers as well, but... They're right in the mix. And then Sunday night, what an epic game between Brett Hundley and the Packers and Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Hundley played incredibly well. Uh, the Packers looked like they were going to get an upset win there, but uh, maybe the rest missed the helmet-to-helmet call against T.J. Watt, a brother of J.J. Watt. But he did get a sack, and then Antonio Brown makes an epic catch along the sideline. Chris Boswell hits the field goal. Steelers win 31-28 to in the Monday Night Football. The Ravens. Take down Tom Savage and the Texans, 23-16. to Let's make some early picks here for Week 13. By far, Week 12 was the best week of picks we've had in quite some time. It begins Thursday night. Uh, NBC, I'm sure, was, hope, was hoping that uh, this would be a better game, that Ezekiel Elliott would play, Washington would be better, but it's Washington at Dallas, 8.25 p.m. Eastern, 7.25 p.m. Central Time on NBC, stream, and the NFL Network streaming on Amazon Prime. I'll go with Washington right now because Dallas's offense is an absolute joke. Without Elliott, I thought it would be better. Uh, but Dak Prescott has not proven to be able to do the job. Yes, he has some old weapons, but you still... I mean, people said, oh, look how great Dak is. Well, probably because he has Ezekiel Elliott. But anyway, we'll see if the Cowboys can get a win. But I'm going to take Washington in that one. Minnesota at Atlanta, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. This is a difficult game for me to pick. Uh, you know, Falcons are playing really well right now. They tend to have second half swoons, though. Want to say that the Vikings, with a little bit of time, can get the job done. Leaning Atlanta right now, but it's it's hard to go against a team that's won seven in a row. Um, I say that maybe not to be so so much of a homer here with the Vikings, but uh, we'll see if they can get the job done at Atlanta. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Uh, the Texans have Tom Savage. The Titans have Marcus Mariota. He's been throwing a lot more interceptions lately, but I'll still take the Titans to beat the Texans, get revenge for that earlier beatdown in Houston this season. Kansas City at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. I There's a time where you thought, oh, there's no way that the Chiefs are going to lose to the to the Jets. N- now there's legitimate doubt. Darrell Revis is going to play in this one, though, going to face his former team. I will give the Jets the slight edge, low scoring affair. I will give the the or excuse me, I will give the Chiefs the edge, low scoring affair. I'll take the Chiefs to beat the Jets right now. Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. What a terrible crossover game this is! How come Fox is getting all these awful AFC games? Just awful. Uh, what what are the schedule makers doing here? I, I gotta tell you. Oh, I guess, okay, never mind. There's a San Francisco at Chicago on CBS as well. So, both of this is just garbage all the way around. Um, I guess Miami? 
I, I mean, Trevor Simeon, who the hell cares? Could this end in a tie, like a 3-3 tie? Honestly. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Colts are not very good right now. The Jaguars coming off a, a bad loss, but it was week 12. It wasn't even week. You should have expected it. They're undefeated in the odd weeks, I, I believe, still. Correct? I think that's the case. It's an odd week. Take the Jaguars. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Battle of the Bay, the Bay of Pigs. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Well, the way Brett Hundley played last week against Pittsburgh, can he do that again? Buccaneers have a pretty bad secondary, pretty banged up right now. Uh, maybe Jameis Winston plays. If he doesn't, who knows? I'll take Green Bay in this one. Detroit at Baltimore, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Interesting game, intriguing game. Uh, Detroit's offense is much better than Baltimore's, but they still can't, really don't have a running game. I will take Detroit, though, to beat Baltimore in a game that really is a toss-up, could go either way. New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Do the Bills have renewed life with Tyrod Taylor? We'll see. We'll see if he could uh, keep Tom Brady, you know, just match Tom Brady or go with him. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Tom Brady and the Patriots continue to roll. San Francisco at Chicago, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. This is the garbage game crossover game that I was speaking of. Why they're doing this, I have no idea. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start for the 49ers. I will take them to get the win over Chicago. Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Normally, you wouldn't think this is a game that carries any sort of significance at all whatsoever. But, but, I mean, the Chargers are playing really well right now. And intriguing for Cleveland, Josh Gordon's coming back. He's going to play. I like uh, I like the potential here. Uh, I'll take the Chargers to win, but I'm intrigued to see what Josh Gordon can do. New York Giants at the Oakland Raiders, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. No Eli Manning. We'll get into that more next week. I'll take the Raiders, despite not having Michael Crabtree or, most likely, Amari Cooper. Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Very interesting game here. Uh, the, the Playing at home, I think the Saints get the edge. The Panthers defense, though, is going to do a great job bottling up Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, but I think Kamara does break off a big run at some point. I think Ingram finds the end zone, and I'll take the Saints narrowly over the Panthers. Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Rams are good right now. Can Blaine Gabbert keep the Cardinals going, keep them alive? A float in the NFC race. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Rams right now. Jared Goff and company just doing too much. Take the Rams. And then Philadelphia Eagles at the Seattle Seahawks, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. The Seahawks' defense right now is bad. Their offense is struggling. Eagles are rolling. I This is the pr- show-me-something game, Philadelphia. I mean, I'm cheering for Seattle. Seattle, you need to beat Philadelphia. The Vikings need your help. But I will take Carson Wentz and the Eagles right now to continue their hot streak. And then Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. This could be a game closer than you would think, than you might imagine. But uh, right now, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, they're rolling right now. Take the, ba- uh, take the Steelers 
over the Bengals. Those are your Week 13 NFL picks. The official picks predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. You can find a link, as always, to that blog by following me on Twitter, at NDStackin, or otherwise, friends with me on Facebook, Nathan Stackin. That's also where you can find this podcast, uh, the Sports Block. We'll have a link posted to it uh, on Twitter, at NDStackin, otherwise, Facebook, Nathan Stackin. And we also have it available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Appreciate Travis for coming on. Appreciate Charlie. Hope Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast, You know the, the, the colorful language notwithstanding. It's okay. We, do, we, need, we don't mean to offend here on the sports block. Uh, again, don't get the situation in Tennessee. It's bad all the way around. Um, I, yeah. I, Tennessee looks terrible for this. Uh, the people on social media look terrible, I would say, for this. The, you know, the protesters. Knoxville, you deserve to be ridiculed, mocked, and have a coach that's not going to lead Tennessee to anything big over the next five to ten years. Smite. Smugness. It's the season of giving. Be a little kind. Be you know, kindness of the heart, stacking. Come on. Uh, but anyway, hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. We hope to have another podcast next week, but we're on baby watch here. Baby stacking coming any moment, any day, possibly. But we'll see if we can get another one in. Otherwise, uh, you know, just keep following me for updates here uh, in terms of when this will come back. But should join you next week. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening.